Is that a Miller Lite? That is a Miller Lite. <laughs> it's a Miller Lite kind of night. Oh, I hear some clinking of the ice in the <laughs> that's right in the tumbler, yo. It's called uh, Cold Be Gone. <laughs> <laughs> version 2.0. I am Dan, and this is episode number 73. I have with me the regular dudes, Nick. Nick, dude. Hi. The mute. Nick, the mute. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Justin. Sup, guys? And Jesse. How's it going, guys? Oh, guys, <laughs> I'm a little giddy tonight, guys. I am. I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm excited. What's going on, dude? We have a phone call coming in here pretty soon. And I'm just so stoked about it. I'm just giddy. I'm like a little schoolgirl giddy with like my nipples are sticking out and shit. No. <laughs> oh, uh, that was a bet. Yeah. yeah. Too far. Already? Quickly here. <laughs> Already? <laughs> Already. I just, I'm so stoked about this phone call. And I think a lot of listeners are going to be as well. So he's going to be calling in any minute here. So what's been going on, guys? You've been doing anything fun and exciting? Anything cool happening this week? Nick and I had to talk about this word. That, oh, oh. Hello? Uh, yeah, hello? Hey, who's this? Hello? Who's this? Hey, uh, I, I need to order, I need to order some, uh, some accessories. <laughs> uh, you guys, you guys got the, you guys got the Astro Glide? Uh, <laughs> oh, no way, dude. Is, that, I, is uh, this uh, is this Lubes R Us? No, no, man. This is uh, this is RC Heli. Who is this? This is RC Heli Nation. Who- well, well, okay. How about you got you got Tiger Bomb? <laughs> oh man, I think I, I read. Got, I, I, I just got, got this, this isn't who I think it is, is it? Tiger Tiger. Oh and man, I'm supposed to lube this shaft, and I need something on there. Oh, I got it. Oh, dude, yeah, who is it this? Gotta be. I think I, know, uh, I think I know who this is. Uh, your your blown's cover, dude. We know who this is. <laughs> My blown's covered. Your blown's covered. <laughs> <laughs> did I just say your blown's yeah. covered? Yeah, you did. <laughs> you, yeah. Can't, you can't your even talk. Blown's right? covered. I'm so excited that I can't even talk right. Of course. <laughs> That's like sick much. Hi, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening, guys? I am so What's excited, going on, man. You guys. Um, you guys, those of you who have been listening to this show for a while probably recognize that voice. That is the voice of Next Gen RC, Rob Boyd. What's happening, guys? Long time no speak. Long time no speak, dude. What in the hell? Where have you been, man? You've been a ghost. What's going on? Oh, man. Last year was like a whole big old fat RC Heli Kryptonite Fest. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, I had some shit I had to deal with on, on the on the home fronts, and so uh, I got all my irons in the fire. But uh, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm uh, ready to get back in it. Start uh, start flying again. Yeah, yeah. Start crashing shit. So shit. let me let me tell you, Rob. I've had so many listeners over the past 
well, year. It's been, well, yeah. it's not, well, it's been almost a year, I guess, since you've been on, huh? Yeah, it's Ruff, well, Roughly. Yeah, give or take, yeah. Dude, where's Rob? I kept getting those emails. To this day, I get those emails still. Nice. So there's a lot of folks out there that are just probably going to be tickled pink to hear you on the show. And I know personally, I am. Of course, there's a new wave of RCHN people. And of course, you know, Rob, I'm sure maybe you've been tuning in. Nick, you're familiar with and, and Justin and Jesse. And yep. And we're real happy with, with how things are going. But man, we always love to hear from you, dude. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's been a little bit too long, I think, you know, but uh, I uh, I don't know. I got I got things uh I got things covered now. So uh yeah. You still got that X5? Oh yeah. 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 Well, you, sort of. It's you, poor things just been sitting there waiting for repair for So let me ask you this. That 450. Yeah. Is it still crashed? <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, I need some Astroglide. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the good here's the good news justin this is all for justin all right there let's is hear somebody it. out there justin that takes longer than you to fix a helicopter rob crashed <laughs> that thing about a year and a half ago dude awesome yeah. so, a man yeah, after my like, own heart yeah. you got to take your time with that shit dude <laughs> you don't want to rush dude yeah you gotta let that shit marinate <laughs> absolutely <laughs> So what the hell, man? You've you have you been started? Have you started flying at all again? I mean, I know you've been busy, and of course, you know, I don't. We don't really want to get into that. I mean, you've had a lot of personal issues over the last year, and those are yeah. starting to get into the rearview mirror finally. But yeah, have, have you had a chance to get any flying in, dude? Uh, well, not recently, I guess. I mean i I took her out a few times. Well, last uh, well, a few months ago, I guess. Yeah, I remember you right before, right before it started getting cold and stuff like that. I, I went out and flew a, little, a couple times or whatever, but um, I don't know. You know, I just i I don't know. I just didn't really have it. Didn't it didn't feel like I had time or like priority to do it? You know, right, I'm, right. so you know, sometimes I I know people remember uh, near uh, the end when I stopped showing up. I was talking about I had to circle the wagons and this and that. You know, I had some stuff I had to work on, but uh, uh, we're there. All I can say now is that uh, I know uh, I know I'm good. Uh, my kids gonna be fine. Uh, in case people, I'm sure a lot of people want to know what's going on, so I'll just tell everybody now. I got a divorce last year, and ironically enough, uh, I actually think it's probably a very good thing that it happened. So, anyway, generally so, they are, but let's let's yeah. move on from that. Let's not yep. dwell on that because that's in the past. Yep. Uh, answer me this: Have you crashed any fusions lately? No, because no? no, because Target is trying to switch to paper. <laughs> <laughs> they won't. I just asked them for a box of plastics, but they're like, "No, man, no." We, we, we don't have enough plastic bags for you, dude. <laughs> no, we no. had to switch to a more re- easily recyclable product. So if you want paper bags, <laughs> right, that, that'll work for you. <laughs> That's funny shit, dude. So uh, anything? How, how? I mean, the weather's out there. You, you live in Minnesota, as everybody knows, and it's. Got to be miserably cold out there. Is it starting to warm up? No, it's cold as hell, man. This morning it was like nine below when I went to work. And Dude. oh man, it's day like wow. that all freaking thing. Dude, it's it's worse where Rob lives than where I live. I mean, today it was. It's just ridiculous. I'll get into that in a little bit when I start to when I talk to people about what's going on. But what we were going to get into right before Rob called is we're going to find out what guy's been doing this week. So, what have you been up to this week, Nick? Um, some wrenching. Yeah? Yeah. Be one of them wrenching weeks. Yeah? Uh, My 
my good trusty T-Rex 700 electric is gone. Oh. Sayonara. And it's yep. replaced with <laughs> yeah, what what's on the way? Uh no, it's here. I Ooh. actually was fiddling with it moments ago. That's what you're calling it. Yep. The X three hundred fiddling with it. X three hundred. Just roll I heard with a horror it. story about that, I think, way um, back when. I went ahead and swapped for another because that's my style, right? I mean sure. we have to what own the- it multiple times. I mean, what the, I got what, another whiplash. Like. I mean, the the New Year's resolution is long oh, gone. I he mean, he didn't okay. sell this one though. Same thing. Yeah. Well, I figured yeah, out close enough. It up, so it's fair game now. Yeah. I mean, you know. So yeah. whiplash electric. What made you want to go back to that? Um, you know that the whole align deal. Um, it never really settled all that well, but. I didn't want to kind of like overreact and be just like, oh, I never want to have anything to do with the line ever again. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of wanted to play reasonable and somewhat cost effective and and still, you know, put it, put some effort into supporting someone else. So uh, the whiplash made sense. I knew the model. I knew that it was a good model. I found a straight across trade. Um, so it'll be nice. That's going to be, you know, kind of like my mainstay heli that I'll be putting the majority of the flights on. I am going to keep, I've had a lot of people asking, I am going to keep my T-Rex 700 Nitro. That that heli has a lot of sentimental value to me. And it's still kind of like my auto rock star. And I, I don't know, I just, I don't even look at that as supporting a line and as an aligned helicopter because it's just, it's like we go way back, you know? Um, you lost your virginity to it and all that good stuff. Hold on, dude. I I need to go back to the whiplash though, really quick. I mean, you made a smart deal, but who, in their right mind, would trade a whiplash for an Align Electric? <laughs> um, someone who had the opportunity to get discounted Align parts made that Aha. trade. Okay. There you yep. Go. Yeah. When I'll it all comes it. down to it, I mean, and, and let's be fair. I mean, we can sit here and talk about names and, you know, what's painted on the side of it, but money does talk. Money <laughs> no one does likes talk. Absolutely, dude. <laughs> no one likes to crash, period. Right. And when you do, it is really nice to be able to, you know, whip out that 20, 30, 40% discount to help. So uh, it was just a good mutual trade, and I'm, I'm feeling good about it. I slapped a new, I just got done putting a new clutch in the 700 hopefully i'm gonna attempt to make this one last a season <laughs> we'll we'll find out though i, I put a lynx in there with a lynx liner and is that, the G- is that a, a lynx um uh, bearing block as well no that's a g-force okay. clutch stack yeah it's all adjustable with the motor mount it's a really nice setup and i had gone to that uh mid-season and that i mean that cured a ton of problems put a straight clutch bell in there that cured a ton of problems and i thought i was home free i uh, i had put a brand new um align clutch and align clutch liner in it man it just wasn't that many flights ago maybe 30 flights ago yeah and sure enough a couple weekends ago i was out there and every time i'd spool it up it was having a real hard time um catching and then a couple times i was actually kind of tossing it around down on the deck and 
you could hear it, you know, like that. And you're like, oh, geez. And the tail would let go a little bit. So it's like, okay. Yeah, that and, sounds spooky. Yeah. So I I didn't really, uh, you know, I've had such great luck with the the rest of the link stuff that I'm running. I figured, hey, what the heck? Seems like the logical step. So that'll be back in the air for for this weekend. Sweet. Anything else yeah. cool and exciting? I don't think. Um, oh, I'm going to finish up the NX4 this weekend, too. Uh-huh. I, yeah, I no, I am. I got uh-huh. it all put back together. Dude, got James to- has got to be chomping at the bit for that thing. I know, dude. But it's like when one goes in, you have to be like uber careful. Oh, yeah, you know? man. Because it seems like no matter how thorough you are, it always takes, you know, three, four, five flights, and then you might like find one other little teeny thing. Especially when it's somebody else's. Exactly. Right, yeah. Right, Rob? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. See, Walk it's right. just it's easier not to pay attention to the little things. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, it uh yeah, so it it's going to be I decided to order a uh fan shroud just cuz it had a couple scratches in it that was kind of bugging me. So I'll get the bailout set on the heli command this weekend and Ship her out. Sweet. What's been going on with you, Jesse? What have you been up to? Well, not too much heli stuff going on this week. Busy at school, uh, I heard. Yeah, real busy week at school. Uh, it's what happens when they pack four exams into one week. So, Huh. Um, so- but I did manage to... I got the N5 all torn down. I'm trying to find a vibration on that heli. There's something that's just really pissed off on that heli, so... Trying to track that down, so I got some motor bearings coming and sw- swapping out a couple other bearings here and there. Just trying to get it nailed down. Can't really find anything, anything that really sticks out, you know. So, yeah. was it when another light fails, sim week? Throw parts at it. Just all it takes is money. Exactly. You know, that's exactly what I figured. So that's <laughs> what I've been doing. Just throwing <laughs> parts and money at it. <laughs> Still not working yet. So crazy. But yeah. Insane. So. Swap out the motor bearings and, you know, give it another go this weekend. See what happens. Hell yeah. Where are you going to be this weekend, this coming up weekend? This this weekend or well, next actually, weekend? Well, actually, yeah, because the show's going to air on Monday, so the next weekend you know, will be like the weekend of the 20th. That's, that's true. I'm going to actually be up in Spokane. Oh, yeah, baby. We're going to talk about that in a minute, too. But oh, uh, we got we got some big plans for the Spokane Oh, area. man. We sure do. It should be a good time. Yeah. So, Justin, what have you been up to, dude? Oh, I got a little bit of flying in, you know, it was, uh, it was one of those days where you wake up and the, the no, sky the is no absolutely happens. clear. Mm-hmm. What? The no fly just kind of takes over. No, no. I got some flying in. Oh yeah, you did. But as I told Nick earlier in the day, um, I was expecting it to be an awesome day, beautiful weather, not a cloud in the sky. And what I ended up doing was fighting the stupid Futaba 701 governor on my gasser. And it was just, I I did not want to mess with stuff. I just wanted to go out and fly. Um, It it was not uh, performing the way I wanted it to, so that pissed me off. And then, since I was pissed off at the governor, uh, I wasn't flying the way I wanted to, so that pissed me off even more. And at the end of the day, it was just like, all right, I'm done. So so let me ax you a question. (laughs) Go ahead. Ax away. So you've got two other helicopters. Yeah, <laughs> that could potentially about be- that. Um, yeah, so <laughs> uh, 
I have been putting all my eggs in the gasser basket because I love that thing. And today was my wake up and realize that when the fuel helis are not treating you well, you just need to fall back to something that works, which is the electric. Dude, that's day one stuff. That's Dude, rookie stuff. I know, and I've learned that lesson before, but, uh, you know, it, it bit me today. It won't happen again. Uh-huh. You want to lay bets on that? Jesse, you want to try to can you give me a chance to recoup my gallon of fuel that I owe you? <laughs> Which you'll be able to collect this next weekend too, by the way. I I will be able to collect that. That's, That's right. right. We'll see how many uh small containers you put that gallon in. <laughs> you better bring your brother. There. That's all I'm saying. Cuz you're going to have to pull that gallon of nitro out of my cold dead hands, I swear to god. <laughs> no, I'll hand it over to you. I'll hand it over to you in about 55 millimeter, millimeter syringes or millimeter. <laughs> Jesus. Milliliter? Jesus, where is my head today? My god. <laughs> so anything else cool going on, dude? What's uh... No, I you know, just been working on some of the stuff to get the fun fly up and running and then uh, finishing up the MKS servos review, which I will talk about a little bit later this episode. Other than that, not working on the electric, which is not going to happen again. Huh. Hmm. I think we should lay bets down on that. I'm just saying. Do it. Do it. It's got to be a worthy, worthy bet. So this week for me, guys, I uh, I got. I'm I'm a little disappointed because you know the weather. I I don't know what's going on. It's like trending to be nice. It's starting to be like not below 35 degrees, and and more often than not, up into the mid 40s. Like today and sunny. And I don't know why. Why did I not send my scooter to be repaired? Like when it was sub-zero, like that that four-week period when it was like 20 below zero. When I knew I wouldn't be flying. Hmm. So my scooter's been gone and I know that it's, you know, it's tough for me to get around and do what I need to do without it, so... How long does it take to repair, man? Well, you know how it is with insurance companies and blah, fighting this, fighting that. And so, you know, then parts coming in, hard to say. Hard to say, dude. I wish I had a better answer on what it would, why it's taking. Well, let's, you know, they haven't had it for too long. They've had it for a week and a half. I mean, uh, but nonetheless, tomorrow, for example, I might just go anyway if I can roust up some guys to go with me because, uh, supposed to be damn near 50 degrees tomorrow and sunny nice so yeah that's definitely flying weather yeah. there is no question so uh, weather you guys want you know what's really really cool about that warp 360 giveaway we did last week i don't know if you're aware of this rob but we gave away a warp 360 last week yeah i saw that that's cool so check this out roger rcnet the guy who won it this is like his first other than like micro type helicopter. So this is like his first, I guess, bigger helicopter. How like, cool is that? Right. That is Seriously? Cool. Yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah what, what, did, what is even flying? This, uh, uh, um, I, from memory, I'm, it, I'm thinking it was like a 120 SR. I, do, do you remember, Jesse? I, I don't remember. I know it was something yeah, small. I yeah, I don't remember. Something? Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so it'll, it'll be great though. That's Yeah, that's awesome. Makes it that much better. Yeah. I mean, that's perfect. And besides that, he put a ton of work into that picture. I don't know, Rob, and, if you and had a chance. And hopefully, he should have it before this airs. Yeah, I actually was talking so to him tonight, and he's pretty he should stoked be, about it. should be building it. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I don't know, Rob, if you had a chance to see it, but 
those of you who haven't seen it, it's on our forum. And it's like post number 38 under that warp giveaway thread. All right, right. Should definitely check it out. Man, did he put a ton of work into that thing. He sent me the high resolution photo or work today. So we now have, so we can do something with it. Oh, you got to share that. I don't got it's my it's my it's background. It's gotta be right the now. desktop it's all, background, you know, yeah. It's all, pis- it's all pixelated. Not so. mine, dude. I just put this fresh one up on mine. Oh yeah, dog. You want it? Throw me a couple couple honeys, you know? I don't, <laughs> I I don't even know what, I don't <laughs> even know what that means. I didn't come out right. I was supposed to say hundo, I think, wasn't I? <laughs> <laughs> couple of honeys. Couple, wow. Yeah, throw me a couple of those too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Work. I mean, I'm at college and all, but I don't got that much pull. <laughs> So, Rob, we talked a little bit with you at the beginning. Other than, you know, what we talked about, anything new and exciting going on with you, man? Um, I found another type of expensive thing to break. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I went and uh, I bought a tablet over at Best Buy. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've been using it for a while. Love the shit out of it. And then I uh, was trying, was going, I was at work helping the guys do some training and in between I went outside to go have a smoke and found myself doing the gadget juggle, like right over the top of the tile floor. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, of the two things that I had in my hand, for some reason I opted to save the phone, which already has a crack in the screen. (laughs) And so the tablet just in slow-mo, it just kind of falls out of my hands and hits the ground Uh, on the corner. And then does like, you know, like when you flick a quarter, it does that thing on the ground there right in front of me. And I'm like, hell no. That is broke. That's totally broke. I know it is. And I pick it up and I look at it. And as I'm looking at this, I hear this flashback in my head of the lady at Best Buy. Did you want to put the protection on that? <laughs> yeah, <Did> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, fuck. You know, and I, you know, so I had it for a few months or whatever. And I was already planning on checking out that Galaxy Note, that 10.1 Note, because I, I do a lot of art and drawing and shit like that on the other tablet. But using a, like a rubber stick type stylus sucks for painting, right? So... I went and bought that, and uh, I'm currently drawing on it right now as we talk. And this thing is sweet, and I plan on not dropping it. But I also I downloaded that Clearview, that guy that does Clearview or whatever. He made that uh, uh, simulator for for like tablets and smartphones. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty sucky. So <laughs> I won't play. I won't use it anymore. Um, but uh, so yeah, that's what I've been up to. I figure. Uh, I don't know really what my uh, what my position is going to be. Some you guys were talking about some like you know discounts and stuff like that. Some of you guys may know, um, you know, I'm a Gowie field rep, but I've been cold for a long time, so I have, I haven't got a chance to talk to Jack about what uh, what the spiel is with that. I don't want to just kind of show up out of nowhere and then place an order. You know what I'm saying? So until I know that, I'll wait to break the other stuff until I know I can buy more parts for that too. So Sounds so yeah, good. that's what I've been up to lately. I'm trying to keep my kids away from these things too is hard. Yeah. <laughs> that is the ultimate test. So we mentioned uh, a bit ago about something that kind of cool is going to happen next weekend. Yes. In uh, Spokane. Well, outside of Spokane, of course you all, well, we've talked about the fun fly and that's going to be up in deer park, just North, I guess, Northwest or Northeast or Northwest, I guess it is, isn't it? Northwest. Yeah. And it's what, 20 minutes out of Spokane. Well, uh, a bunch, well, I know I'm going to be there. Uh, Jesse's planning on showing up and yep. Nick's kind of on the fence and Justin is less on the fence, but maybe kind of considering it at this point. I don't, I haven't talked to him lately, but mm-hmm. 
there's also a few guys from northern Idaho there in the Coeur d'Alene area, Jason Jay and, and one of his buddies, and uh, Larry227, as he's known, Larry from our forums and various other forums. He's gonna he's thinking about coming down, and we're going to stay at Dieter's, and we're going to record a show from Dieter's, uh, hopefully get as many of these guys on the show as we can, and, uh, you know, introduce ourselves to the Barons Club, fly with them, hang out with them for the day, and then have a party Saturday night, yo. Nice. That sounds fun. Barbecue. Yeah. Booze. What else? What more could you, could you ask for? Uh, whipping De- shitties with the rascal, I guess, huh? What? <laughs> That'd be sweet. Peter's <laughs> you know, if, if you're itching for getting that thing fixed, dude, just... Just go to Walgreens and wait by the pharmacy section and just carjack somebody's rascal. And, you know, if the lady's in a rascal already, it doesn't matter if it goes like two miles an hour because she's going to be walking fairly slowly behind you. (laughs) (laughs) You got all the time in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Usually the little high school girls that work at the till out front, they'd probably get scared thinking you're going to like hijack the whole store or something. So they'll probably just get on on their Facebook. Oh, my God. This guy is stealing this old lady's rascal. I can't believe it. <laughs> then I'd be and, all over the internet. Yeah, <laughs> That'd be great. someone would take take a video of it. Is, but it'll be okay as long as you have an RCHN sweatshirt on. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'll help. <laughs> it'll help us. <laughs> you know it. And a, and and a, a, a city stunt. Here, here's your rascal. Bag. And, and a name tag that says Jesse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. So I mean, we're looking to have a good time this this coming up weekend and I'm I'm just kind of putting the word out for anybody that's in that area, you know, whatever, even if you're over near near Nick or you know, if you want to come out, let us know. You know, come out for the day, whatever you got to do. Uh I, I think yeah, it's we'll going to be a good time. Just volunteer you to stay at Dieter's house. It's yeah, okay. what the hell? He yeah. keeps telling me he's got plenty of room. Every time I ask him if someone else can stay, he's like, "Oh, hell yeah, dude. I think he's lost count in his head how many people are coming." tripping over someone's leg to get in the bathroom he's kicking his wife out of the house for the weekend well i I suppose that's not how it's going down (laughs) but that's how we're gonna gonna, how is it yeah that's how we're gonna he's he's kicking her out for the time that she was already planning on being out doing something (laughs) yeah yeah and by the graces of god she's allowing him to stay there (laughs) (laughs) that's great so we're going to record a show that Saturday night, and I'm going to stick around probably till Monday afternoon, Tuesday morning, and uh, get the show put out from Dieter's. You know, we've done it before. We did it last year. Uh, it was a little later in the year. It was in April, I believe. But, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. So we look forward to that. So, guys, I think maybe it's time to go into some news. What do you think? I think we can probably do some news. Let's do it. So as most of you know, over the last couple weekends, I've been flying my helis pretty hard. And that also means I've been crashing pretty hard as well. So when it comes time to get my helis ready to fly for the following weekend, I need to get parts fast and from a reliable dealer. So, Dan, where do you recommend I look to get some parts? Dude, you need to call up helipros.com. Tell them what you need. They'll get that out to you as fast as they can. That's helipros.com. Sounds real good. I think we'll go check it out right now.
Alrighty, guys. This week's news brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. What do you got, Nick? All right. So Gregor McGrath of uh, Team A-Main, they put out a, a really nice kind of informational video on the Infusion 700 Nitro. I know we've been talking about that, and it, it's kind of like word on the street is that they're good helis. They're solid. They seem to have a pretty good reputation, but still yet not many people really know all that much about them. Um, so, yeah, he's got a pretty sweet video here. So if you've been considering the TSA or are curious about it, definitely check that out. Um, in response to the big drama of last week, it looks like Scorpion has went ahead and expanded this whole motor promotion, which is now kind of like a global deal. Um, so you can take your... Align 700MX, 750MX, or 800MX, and send it into Scorpion and get credit towards a Scorpion motor. So you get 89 bucks for the 700MX, 95 for the 750MX, and 130 for the 800MX. Do we even know how much the 800MX is retail? I have not heard of it yet. But then again, I haven't looked nor cared. I don't like it, Nick. You don't like it? I don't like it. I think it. I think it should have just let it die. I don't. I agree with you, Dan. Yeah, because isn't isn't this in response to a line? Because a line now made their new promotion where they're taking any brand of motor. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the promotion yeah. that they didn't do now all of a sudden has changed to meet the parameters to more, make it more acceptable. Yeah. And, and that is uh, global as well, right? So, yeah. Yep. Oh, here's the trick, though. This is it says for RC enthusiasts who are in China, Hong Kong, Taiwan and Macau. So it's not being offered to all countries that Scorpion is sold in. Oh, so those five or four or five people in those countries is like third world countries. Or what <laughs> <Just> practice from? <laughs> they offer them to the. To the poor people who make them. No, they offer them to the pilots that are actually working for Align. And check this out. Send in your Align motors listed above new, used, or damaged. Eh. I, you know yeah. what? It's an, I just, I'm so sick of it. I just don't I, I'm, I'm with you, dude. But I, I'm wondering, were die. you guys, did you guys, were you not listening last week? I changed the name. It's the new standard. It's not the 800 MX anymore. It's the MX 800. The I, MX 800, right. Yeah. The MX 800. Uh, you know, let it be written, let it be done. The Dan has spoken. If it can be butchered, it will be butchered. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do best around here. That's right. But the crappy information <laughs> backwards. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, speaking of TSA, once again, uh, they have now pictures out of the TSA 600N and the TSA 600E. Um, they've got some more kind of under-the-hood pictures that Nigel put out. Uh, man, you can't help but wonder. They seem to be gaining some pretty good traction. I got to tell you, I... I... I kind of know where I'm going to be looking next. Yeah, I'm just I, just saying. I've been looking at them. You know, here's here's one one of my big criteria is where can I get it at, and is it a place that I like dealing business with? A main carries them, so that's a win. Yep, like that's a that's a win for me because they're kind of like my go to guys now. Yeah, and um, 
So, so I like that. And, and they've got another big thing is, you know, we talked about like the part sharing, being able to use, you know, have one set of skids for all your helis or whatever. They're, they're doing a lot of that, too. And now you. Yeah, that's a theory. very modular design, it looks like. Yeah, big time. And so now that they're offering, you know, all the flavors on the snow cone, it's, uh, it's getting pretty tempting. There's no yellow snow cone, though, though, is there? No. I heard that one's not very palatable. <laughs> some people are into that. Golden showers, maybe? Uh, yeah, some, no. uh, some team yeah. managers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you come there. I oh, did man. go there. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, priceless. Okay. He won up to me. He did. He's, but I got to tell you, he's bringing the quality of the production down. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, by, by upping you, we're going in the wrong direction here. Yeah, that, that is true. Uh, so one more announcement. Congratulations to a friend of uh, all of ours, uh, Kenny McDonald, a.k.a. Wishling Ears. Wishling Ears. Wishling Ears has now officially joined Team Rave. So wow. congratulations, Kenny. Nice. Yeah. Good for him, dude. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. I, th- I think it's he deserves. Uh, I mean, I've been curious about the ballistic for a long time. Yeah, congrats, man. Congrats. Was that, I detected a little bit of me love you long time in that. Me love you long time. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't know. I, okay. <laughs> I, I'm I'm a little dry this week on him, but I'm I'm working. Look, on it, I you know what? I am so happy to see him kind of coming into his own because what an amazing pilot this guy. Oh, and he is going to be there at our fun fly, laying the schmack. I got to tell you guys, if if you're in this region, and and uh, Nick, <laughs> Rob, if if you can make it over, I swear to God, you, this kid can throw a helicopter around like like you just can't imagine. Nice, mm-hmm. can he fly? Yeah, it too? he's hardcore, man. <laughs> nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he can fly it too. You <laughs> smart ass. <laughs> I've thrown a helicopter before, but it. I didn't land on his skids when I did that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Sorry. Jesus. Anyway, I'd like to see that. You know, I mean, up here in the freaking boonies, I mean, there's a couple of guys from Minnesota, you know what I mean, that are pretty good. And, uh, you know, the, the few fun flies I've gone to, I get to see some of that in person, I guess. But I'm getting tired of seeing things in two dimensions on YouTube. So did you guys hear I start that? traveling around. I, I got to point it out. Up here in Minnesota. So, Minnesota. 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 Hey, is Say it, bag. Isn't Mitch from Minnesota? Uh, he was. Back. Yeah, Mitch Price. Mitch Price he lives in Texas now, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's right. But so is uh, Rob Cherry. Isn't a Minnesotan? Yep. Minnesotan. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Slicer. Can't forget about Slicer. Oh, oh, yeah. Yes, but of course. And Dave from uh, um, Anything Helly. Yes. Yeah, yes. Dave can throw a helicopter around too, man. Wow, man! Something I think to, you guys have more people than we do over here. It's all the lakes. Yeah. It's all the water in the lakes. They put nitro in the in the water, and it just breeds helicopter pilots. Just, awesome. That's, that's all there is to it. It was that simple. <laughs> that's. It. I got some news, and I'm spent. Wow, that uh, God, I feel sorry for your wife, dude. It, it, it was. Uh, <laughs> It was, you know, it was great for me. So I, <laughs> I, got, I got mine. That's all that matters. He's a little <laughs> selfish, yeah. <laughs> so I heard Justin say he's got some news. What do you got? I do have some news, yeah. 
So I, I've been getting a lot of listeners sending me emails or chatting in the chat box asking about this. There was an announcement at the Nuremberg Toy, Toy Fair by Captron that they are discontinuing the Heli Command brand and they are revamping it to a new brand called the Bavarian Demon. And it's it's basically going to be a rebranding of all of the original Heli Command systems to uh, the Demon series. Basically, it's got a lot a lot edgier advertising. Um, they've really you know they've put a lot of eggs in this basket and tried to kick it up a notch and make it fresh and more appealing to the younger crowd, sort of a thing. And so uh, coming up here in they're they're saying it's going to be. Uh, sometime in March, and and hopefully that works out that way. We'll see. Uh, they will be unveiling the Demon series of uh, systems, and so it'll still be the SX, the Extreme, the Rigid series. They're coming out with a new one called the Cortex, which basically applies a lot of the stabilization technology from the Heli Command uh, Heli systems to a fixed wing system. I know we're not interested in that here, but nevertheless, mm -hmm. and then we'll be getting the new firmware that will hopefully come out with the release of all the all of the new hardware there. So that is the story. Demon is not someone cloning or ripping off Captron. Uh, they are just trying to uh, get things back up to par in terms of marketing and advertising. You know how you're getting. You know how you know you're getting old. How when. When, when shit like that annoys you, <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, um, you hear young people reference, I don't know, these names that try to sound, I don't know, cool. Like, like super wicked. <laughs> yeah. Like, I yeah. feel like I'm going to go to hell if I buy one and return it. Are these, you know, and Nick and I were talking about, and I mentioned, started talking about this a little bit right at the beginning. There's a new word that we don't, that I think collectively Nick and I decided we don't like anymore. Did yeah, it's been, you know, so I've got my, my Facebook wall is like half, half helis and I just love watching stupid, dumb, I, I mean, I'm a guy, I'm way easily entertained, right? right? So uh, it, if it crashes or someone gets hurt, <laughs> um, then I'm pretty much game to watch it or it makes me laugh, right? <laughs> but why do they have to all be called like epic? This and oh, epic dude. is no longer epic anymore. That no. that yeah, word is so out. played out. I mean, it's uh, epic fights, epic carnage, epic this, epic dude. dude that was a epic. word. You should make a YouTube video that says like the epically overused usage of the word epic and just do a search on youtube and slowly scroll it for like 20 seconds and then just say that is all the titles are epic this epic epic backflip bike crash on my sack <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that, not that epic, word right? although uh, i will tell you that uh on my facebook on my personal facebook page nick shared a video and it has the word epic in the title but i gotta tell you that this is probably one of the funniest cat videos I've seen in a long, long time. Oh, yeah, dude. And that he, video was epic. And he just referenced it. It's called Epic Carnage. And I'll, I'll, I'll try to remember to put a link in our show notes because, I, you know what? If we tried to explain it, it just wouldn't make sense. 
No, and I'm not a cat person. I'm not like these you who's over here, you know. And so for me to like be in tears watching a voiceover cat video, it's just, you know it's got to be good. It's epic. Yeah. <laughs> God, skin curl. That's how we know we're getting old, Nick, by the way. That's boss. That video's so boss. Yeah. And, and, and now that that's the new one, too. And it's stuff like this. It's like, oh, man, I wrecked that helicopter. Like a boss. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Oh, jeez, man. You know my what I mean? It's, it's like. Did you say you licked my boss? <laughs> you're going to get fired. Not safe for work, dude. <laughs> oh, it's just shit like that and that annoys me. And that's how I know I'm getting old. You know, it's just me being cranky. Cranky and well, old. Well, we need to create our own then. We'll have to put some thought into that, and we'll just start our own, then it won't be old. How about the Gosh Jolly G Helicopter Club? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. That's not cool enough? You have no, been overruled. On tap. <laughs> I don't know. I think we already created a pretty cool one. It's called RCHN. Yeah. Yeah. That alone That alone just, just uh, denotes awesomeness. And we're, we are looking into that patent, by the, the way. The patent. Yeah, I told you, dude. We're going to patent awesome. We're going to patent yeah, awesome. Yeah, Nick laughed, but I was serious. <laughs> and how's that coming along? Well, I, you know I'm what? I'm working on the claim. No, hey, look, I detect a little bit of uh, you know, sarcasm in your voice there, Jesse. And I'm going to tell you this. Yeah. When we, no, that, that, was a, that was a serious question. No, that wasn't at all. And so when <laughs> we so when we capitalize on this... And we're all going to fun flies. Guess who's staying home? But this is in the interest of me as well. So that was definitely a serious question. Oh, think about, so think about how much that's going to benefit us. If you want to know what backpedaling sounds like? <laughs> I just don't get you why you think I would joke about something that's yeah, going to benefit dude, me. You've been reading Fastbinder's playbook, man? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> wait, I thought he's we said got, we weren't going to talk about that anymore. He's got the freaking Rolodex of, uh, let's see, wait, 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 no, is it this Rolodex? No, no, no. Oh, oh, here we go. Uh, slimy backpedaling lines. Yep, yep, this one right here. <laughs> A42. Uh, sorry? <laughs> here's yeah, the that's deal. Why, that's why I went with 46, because that one was not cutting it. <laughs> so here's the deal. Uh, uh, Justin, you're right. We're, we are not going to talk about it, but you know what? Anytime we get a chance to poke fun at it. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going to jump make on fun that. of it. We're going to jump on that. And that was a perfect opportunity. And uh, we went there. So <laughs> send the hate mail to Rob because. Because I don't give a shit. Because <laughs> it's his turn. <laughs> so uh, does hey, anybody right. else have any news? Wow. Silence. Nothing like shutting everybody up that likes to talk. Silence. I kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Do not speak again. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's news. Huh? All right. That's cool. This week's news, guys, has been brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. So, guys, it's getting to be that time of year. Spring's right around the corner. It's time to start looking for batteries for your heli. Jesse, where are you going to go to get your batteries this year? Well, Dan, considering my last set of Genzase batteries, I got 225 cycles out of. You know, I think this year I'll be heading right back to hobbyparts.com and I'll be picking up a couple more sets of Genzase batteries to put in my helis this year. You heard it here, guys. Hobbyparts.com. Go get your Genzase batteries. So this week, we have we are going to talk about 
my favorite subject. We are going to talk about tail. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Get your mind out of the gutters, boys. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to talk about... What? (laughs) (laughs) He's already slid out from the computer a couple inches. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get the Ziploc bag over the mouse. Pretty soon we're going to hear this. <laughs> oh jeez! <laughs> now it's uh, of course we're talking about tuning the tail of your helicopter. So yes, so go ahead and click off that two bait page, Rob. We're <laughs> we're not going to be talking about that kind of tail tonight. Do bulk order Astroglide. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, what we're going to do, guys? We're uh, you know we're we're going to stay away from the drama crap because I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting tired. Of, hearing about it, thinking about it. So we're going to talk a little bit about some technical stuff, finally. We're going to talk about how do you get the performance out of your tail and, and what's involved with that? Head speed issues, you know, belt versus torque tube issues, bearing issues, different weights of blades and and Dude, pitches. is this going to be like a two-disc set or what? We could talk about that stuff all day long. That's the point, my friend. That's the point. We have all day. <laughs> yes. So... Where do we even start this topic, guys? Because, you know, I know, and Rob, God, Rob, how many, and, and Nick, too, but essentially Rob's the guy who got me started with the, with the x Yes, sir. And, Rob, you remember back in the day when I first got it, and I would call you and go, dude, why can't I get this tail to act the way I want it to act? And it's, I mean, where do, where do you even start, guys? When you're trying to tell somebody, when someone comes to you, Nick, and says, how do I get this tail to act up? What do you need to know from them? Where do you um, where do you start? At first the thing would be: Have you changed anything mechanically on the model? Since you know, I'll, I'll assume that it's a, a new fly barless system. You know, we'll just say okay. So they they put this new fly barless system on. Now they can't get it to work right. Um, assuming that all the mechanical stuff has stayed the same. The number one question that I ask: Have you maximized the gain? And I usually get a very blank stare <laughs> or silence. Right now, now well, when you're saying that, you're saying maximize the gain, not meaning did you turn that gain as far up as you can turn it. You're talking about did you get the most out of the gain setting you chose? The now, word is optimize. Okay. optimize. Optimize. There, there we, we go. go. Thank you. That's why we have him. Yeah. See, well, he's good for something. I, yeah. I, I guess we just figured it out. I've been wondering all these months what the hell. No, and they don't. And how they, you know, you hear, well, yeah, I mean, I, I've got it. It's pretty good. Well, okay, explain <laughs> right. to me, how how did you set it? Well, you know, I just kind of, you know, I, I just turned it up a little bit. And <laughs> it's, it, you know, yeah. I mean, it until I got, I, I thought I saw a little bit of a wag, so then I stopped. Well, what were you doing? Right. Well, I was, you know, I mean, I was hovering, and it was just kind of look. okay, well, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> 90% of the time, that's the problem right there, is that people just don't know how to optimize the main tail gain first yeah. before they get into tweaking with all the other different things. Cause you yeah, have like to stops and first. decay and stuff like that, yeah. None of that stuff yeah. matters unless you get that baseline set right. Well, one yes. of the biggest problems I find is that people don't really even know how to communicate the issue on a basic level. 
I mean, when when I ask them, okay, what's the problem with the tail? So, I mean, some of you guys may know I've got I had on Heli Freak a huge V bar tail tuning and troubleshooting guide that I ended up putting in as a tech tip on our RC Heli Nation website, and it's general. I mean, it can apply to any fly barless system, but I get tons of private messages and emails about that on a regular basis. And the most fundamental thing that we always or that I always run into is when I ask, oh, okay, well, what's wrong with the tail? Well, it's it's kind of just it's not doing what I want it to do. Okay, can we try that again? Is it blowing out? Is it wagging? Is it a fast wag? Is it a slow wag? I mean, it's it's difficult to troubleshoot a problem or to tell someone how to tune it if they don't understand what they're supposed to be looking for. Right. And, you know, that's a good point. And I kind of want to backtrack a little bit because, um, you know, I I just speaking as the guy who, you know, is face the out of the all everybody here uh, probably has the least experience with this. I mean, really what it boils down to me with me, especially I my brain was so stuck on a number. Yeah. Uh, you know, because it was yeah. the number that we heard from, you know, especially for the DX7, you know, 72, because that equates to like 30% gain. And so mm-hmm. that was like the go-to number. And see, here's the, the problem for is- For your beast X, Dan? Is that what you well, mean? Well, I don't remember. I'm just, that was, it's been a long time since I played with it. But um, the point, what I'm what I'm getting at is it's hard for somebody- Especially, I'm better at it now because it was it's been blatantly pounded into my head that I need need to actually take the helicopter and do something to see what it's doing and, and not rely on the hover. And it's tough for a guy who just doesn't know uh, or have the experience or maybe even the confidence to put that helicopter into a situation when he's not in his mind, sure that the gyro is set, the tail is yeah, set. Yeah, it's not going like, to freak out on you when you're doing some sort of move. And I I, I I feel the same thing, but here's what I've, at least what my personal experience has been, because, you know, I think all of us at some point when we're in our learning curve, we're getting past those hurdles till we get to, I guess, what you could say, like, as a seasoned pilot, you've encountered all kinds of different problems or crashes or fixes or whatever, right? Um, in my journey through that, as far as the tail is concerned, my whole world changed. And this is before I went with fly barless even. My whole world changed as soon as I stopped looking at the display on my controller when I was tuning the tail. I would adjust. I would just, I would uh, maybe go up or down, just move it a little bit. And I would just fly it, right? And I would wait, just kind of like we we're alluding to, I would just wait to see how it felt in what I thought could be maybe the safest, toughest maneuver that I could do, which what I found was to do a fast pass sideways in either direction right and just push it and see if i'm if i am i do i actually have to force the tail to do what i needed to do or is it is it holding there you know i'm gonna do i would do things like that but at the end it would the numbers on my controller ended up being completely irrelevant now when it comes to trying to explain to a person another person that's not you that's touching their own controller they need some sort of frame of reference from somebody right so then people start talking about, well, you know, maybe if it's like on my controller, this is what it says. So that's got to be around here. And Steve's is sort of like that, too. And so we come up with these weird numbers that are completely irrelevant because you put two helicopters that are the exact same next to each other. 
And you're most likely going to have slightly different setups, right? So, I mean, at least for me, and that's, that's where that was. And so when I did that and I went and say, for instance, I moved into the beast X and this is after I did all the no bar stuff. And so I was comfortable flying unstabilized with a helicopter. Right. So I just, I plugged the uh, tail right into the receiver I, or else I would turn the gain all the way off or whatever, right. On the, on the gyro. And I would hover it around and I'd maybe do some light pitch punches, uh, you know, pinch punches and stuff, not heavy, but I would just hover it there and make it stick. And then once I knew it was sticking, then I'd turn the game back up and I'd slowly go bottom up. I remember when I first started getting into paying attention, you know, once I understood the purpose of a heading hole gyro and how it felt better after trying to do a flip with a ray gyro and crashing and shit like that, right? Um, at one point, and I think it was long about when the 401 came out, I kept seeing so many people saying, turn that puppy up until it starts wagging fast and then back it off a little bit. People are going top down with tuning the gains on these things. Uh, once I got into my Spartan, I realized that that's, that's completely unnecessary. This is, my, this is my personal opinion. I'm assuming that other people probably have run into a similar experience. But um, when it comes to even all the other gains, like on the Beast X and stuff, now that you can t- tweak everything, right? My whole perceptive is bottom up. That's how I tune things, right? Um, and I get great results because I'm not overworking the machinery, but I'm getting it to stop as hard as I need it to stop. I'm getting it to rotate consistently in both directions, um, stuff like that, you know. And I, I don't have to scratch my head and do trigonometry or anything crazy to get it to work. And so, I mean, I like to kiss the tail. So, I, you know, I, I actually kind of did that too, but I, um, Nick kind of beat it into my head dealing with the tail. And see, for me and for other guys, I'm assuming probably one of the most unnerving things when you're trying to do this is knowing that the gain might be high and going into a really hard bank turn or maybe some, uh, you know, backwards flight upright flying. Yeah. And to have that tail just start doing its crazy chirping, you know, wagging. The wag of death. It's just, it's unnerving. But, you know, you know, Rob, kind of conversely to what you did, I now have a tendency to start up where I'm assuming it's a little high and I actually look for that and then I turn it down from there. Right. So, but it's it's tough for for people. So, I'm kind of curious what if we could go around and have everyone like list their maneuver that they do because that's a really common question, you know. And and what what you would do to check the tail, what I would do versus what you know Dan would do versus what Justin would do. I'm kind of curious. So why don't we go around and well, I'll I'll uh, start with that. And what I do is I go up into a stall turn and bring it down. I mean, just as fast as I can make it go and do a really tight, hard banking turn. It's got to be a high-speed turn yeah. or else it's hard to get. For me, it's hard to get that feedback. And then I'll adjust the gain from there okay. because of, it's my skill set. You know, I don't mm-hmm. I don't feel mm-hmm. comfortable yeah, you. trying to do probably some maneuver that might be a little more, give me a little more feedback because I just don't have the skills to do it. Yeah, especially if you if you push the tail through that turn, so yeah. rather than kind of like make that hard banking turn like an airplane, if you actually kind of come start that hard banking turn and then, you know, like steer give more like rudder than you yeah. would normally give and try and like slide it through almost like you're entering into a nose down funnel, that you, you'll do a lot of, yeah. a lot of yeah. difference there. It'll be a lot harder yeah. on the tail. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Like for me, I, I, I mean, I think, um, the one, the one maneuver I find myself falling back on is doing a really fast tail down funnel, really big, fast, epic, big, epic funnel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I'll go in both, I'll go both directions or whatever. And it's just that for me, at least that seems to be the place that I can pick out. I can start watching if that tail is starting to squawk at me like that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And that seems to work really well. And I've noticed too, one other maneuver that I found out, and actually I found this out, I wasn't even int- intending on doing this, but, um, you know, I talked about, I tune like from the bottom up, right. And I get it to feel solid. It, here's an example of, you know, adjusting as you go or whatever, because I have everything working fine. And I was, uh, it was actually, uh, when I was doing the test flights on the fusion, Dan, over at the park here by my place. And I brought my X five and I brought your fusion and stuff out there. Um, I was going, I would go up and just climb straight up. And my goal was kind of like a tail slide. I wanted to come down, but what I wanted to do was as I was coming down, I wanted to do a slow, like pirouette sideways. Right. Cause I, I got the nose straight up or whatever. And so I would rotate around the disc, but I noticed that I, when I did that, when I would try to rotate the one direction, it, not shitting, it would stop. There was not enough push to push the tail back through that at the speed I was coming down. Right. And I'm sure at some point, it doesn't matter what I do with the gain, I'm going to hit a mechanical limit anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's, I mean, there's not very many of them, but there are maneuvers that you just straight up the helicopter won't be able to push you back through that. Maybe if I had slightly bigger tail blades or something, I might have a little more force or something like that. But as soon as I noticed that, I set the thing down and I turned it up just a little bit more. I went back up there and I was able to pull through it again. It was a little mushy, but the point was I was able to affect a change, but that ended up being a maneuver that I hadn't really done at all until then. So I didn't discover it. It wasn't a problem for me, you know, and I think the big thing is people obsess with what they think is supposed to be like the standard best setup for a tail. There's no such thing as a standard best setup for a tail because it, like we were talking today, it all has to do with your repertoire. What are you good at flying? Right. Yeah. If you end up flying, if your flying style is such a way where somebody else that tunes your tail ends up with your gain up too high, you're going to be flapping all over the place, right? Or if somebody is going bottom up like I was, like I'm telling you guys about, and you fly it either maybe harder than you had explained or whatever, now you're going to end up with something that's mushy and it's going to stall through turns and stuff like that. And So I think people just got to let their balls drop and just fly <laughs> the thing, you know, <laughs> until they find the spot. Yeah. What do you what do you do, Jesse? Um, so the new thing that I kind of do, which is sort of recent for me, is I'll hover side in so the nose is to the left, and I'll do a full collective pitch pump with right aileron, and essentially do a big loop, doing right aileron pulling, you know, full collective as long as I can till I come down the the back of the loop, and I pretty much just keep going up on the gain until it starts to wag in that. Um, pretty simple, but I have found that it actually, from what I've found, is a little bit harder on the tail than, say, a tail down funnel or something like that. Yeah. It's a true statement. Yeah, I've I've tuned it. I mean, in, from previous experience, I've had it where I maxed out the gain in a tail down funnel, you know, backed it off a little bit so it wasn't wagging, then go to do that maneuver and it just freaks out. So. Yeah. What do you do, Nick? That I do that one now after learning that one. Well, I kind of do a combination, but that that one was one of those where I read it. Um, it was actually Mr. Mel. Yeah, in that the V-bar I, forum. Yeah, that I read that. He was like, I just do a collective climb out with a right aileron roll. And I'm like, what? But it's, I mean, it's got to be hard. It's got to be 
full, you know, hard and fast. Yeah, full collective and yeah, hard full into the collective. Cycle. But still, I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. Now, all right. I, I got your little aileron roll over here, all right? But uh, I don't know if you've seen some of these tail down funnels I got going on, right? <laughs> these things are wicked. They're pretty so fast. Just, <laughs> yeah, not so much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, uh, you know, a good hard tail down inverted funnel, that, that was my go-to, and I still double-check stuff like that. But if you, the hardest that I've seen has yeah. been doing exactly what Jesse said, and then I will... I'll check it just with a couple other, you know, generic type of maneuvers. You know, I guess maybe I'll I'll do four point TikToks and kind of the way it reacts on the start and stop. Yeah, just kind of an overall feel of the tail. Yeah, I mean, you, you can hear if you know you switch, do a reverse really fast, it kind of buzzes or there's little keys mm-hmm. that you kind of start to pick up on after you can do more advanced. But maneuvers. that's getting down to the last like couple points. Yeah, you're changing like a percent or yeah, it's what not you, very much. What do you do, Justin? I do um I do hurricanes or funnels. I think I can personally pull funnels harder than hurricanes and so that's my usual go-to way to do it, inverted tail down hurricane or or I'm sorry, inverted tail down funnel or an inverted backwards hurricane. Uh but if you if you ever play around with the heli up at sort of the threshold of gain, like we were talking before where you, you get just to the point where the tail starts doing its thing and wagging, it sounds pissed, and then you back it off a little bit. When you're on the edge of that threshold, you can you can see a difference between how it performs in a hurricane versus a funnel. The funnels, even if you push them really hard, uh, are not going to stress the tail quite as much as the backward hurricane because of the way that the airflow goes over the actual tail. In, in the hurricane, you've actually got uh, full-on air coming across the, the tail disc itself, whereas in the funnel, it's usually slower airflow um, and it's side-on to the disc. What I think the most important part of this section of what we're talking about, and those of you who have been flying for a while are probably going to go, Dan, that's super obvious. But for those of you who are newer, I think, you know, if you can find that maneuver that puts as much stress on your helicopter as you can, and if you get that main gain set for that maneuver for your particular style, it'll probably be good enough for you as you progress and as you get better, you're going to be able Mm -hmm. to make those changes. So don't worry about what the guy next to you that can do, you know, crazy, you know, (laughs) TikToking pyro flips, his gain setting is going to be so irrelevant to what you're doing. Yep, yep. So just and put that. Don't out. tweak anything else. Right. Don't tune anything yeah. else until you get that. Don't even think about it. All right. So moving along, and, and we kind of we don't want to spend too much time on these because we need to get into mechanical setup as well. Which I think should have came first. By well, the way. Yeah, we kind of jumped the gun, but that's all right. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into mechanical towards the end. But so you know, we kind of started talking about the stop and start gains. Like Jesse said, we kind of jumped the gun a little bit. We should have maybe talked about the mechanical side of things first. But that we're, can cause all sorts of problems. <laughs> Well, well, we'll try to make the connection as best we can. But since we're talking about gains, let's move on now to the various other, and of course I kind of alluded to the stop and start gains. How do you, how do you adjust that gain? Yeah, the stops, um, not many. Most of the time, if the fly barless system has it, very rarely do the start gains need to be adjusted. So a lot of them don't even have that. Um, stop yeah. gain is the most one. And yeah, just do a full speed pirouette 
um, and stop the tail just slightly off a of center so that you can really see it and just go from full speed to immediately zero rudder. Drop the stick. D- yeah, just yeah, let it bounce. Don't let back. go of the stick. Don't, don't let go of it because it'll don't, 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 you know bounce back and forth on its own. But then see, see the behavior on how it is. If you get if it bounces, so if it if the tail hits bounces back and it might shake once, then generally speaking, the gain is too high. If you let off and it coasts for you know maybe five ten degrees and kind of slides to a stop, then the gain would be too low. And another thing to correlate with that is you can hear it as well. I mean, oh, it's, it's oh very, yeah, that's it's the very key. obvious. If your gain's too high, it's going to really bark the blades when you stop that pyro. All right, and that's what that's what you were talking about. Yeah, and that that seems that seems easier to adjust. It is easy. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It is definitely. It's cool. All right, so let's talk where we probably should have started, like Jesse said, but when you know. You got a guy like me running running things around here. Shit just gets all messed up. <laughs> as long as we get it all covered, that's all that's messed yeah. So mechanical setup. This one is still kind of a mystery to me. I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of I kind of come from I guess I guess now what is considered the old school setup. Um, you know, zero your servos and about eight degrees offset, six to eight degrees depending upon, and then call it good. And what I do is I put things in rate mode take it up in a hover and adjust accordingly if it gets has a drift one way i adjust mechanically until i don't have a drift either way and then i just put it back into heading hold and 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 as far as i'm concerned my mechanical setup at that point is solid what am i missing well okay so yeah that that's a great way to do it but you you just described like step 800 And and what we got to do is take it back to step zero, which is understanding what part of the tail mechanics uh, you need to pay attention to. I mean, the number of times I've had someone come to me and say, dude, I cannot get this tail wag to go away. What is going on? And the first thing I ask is, have you checked to see whether your mechanics are smooth? And and here's the trick behind all of this smooth to one person is not smooth to another right um there's a huge variety of what people consider to be mechanically correct i mean when i when i say smooth um nick and i actually i think we employ the same thing uh when we're checking for smoothness and that is set up your entire tail linkage from your control rod uh from the servo all the way along to the bell crank and onto the the slider right Mm-hmm. Put your blades on there and then disconnect the the link from the tail servo itself and turn your heli on its uh, knife edge, basically, so that the nose is sticking up and the tail's pointing down. If that assembly does not slide down to the maximum extent on the tail slider under gravity alone, your tail's not smooth enough. Oh, come on, dude. Yep, Or a slight shake. I'll give, I'll give yeah, you a little shake. Yeah, you can. Okay, okay yeah. that's fair. Yeah. We'll give Sometimes you a shake to break the friction. You got to just give it a little shake. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Let it drip off there. But, but seriously, <laughs> I mean, it, people don't understand what the, the, the problem with having sticky mechanics or binding or something like that is that the control loop does not know how to react to those sorts of things. 
when when we when when these guys do these this control loop programming these algorithms that make our helis do all this amazing stuff the programming assumes that the mechanics are perfect and so you have to get it as close to that as possible you got to check i mean and you you need to check everything you got to make sure your the ball links are smooth you got to make sure it's it's sliding in the uh, tail rod guide so correctly. So do you? Okay, so that begs the question: Do you take your assembly apart every after every time you fly? Because I I cannot you cannot convince me that flying my nitro that if I clean the ball after a flight it's gummed up again. So are you telling me I need to take it? No, apart? actually, nitro helps a lot because yeah. it's nice and slimy, right? Yeah, it lubricates. So it, it keeps things nice and lubed. But on my electrics. On my electrics, I do grease the tail on a regular basis. I use the the low viscosity triflow on the tail slider and the output shaft, and I also put it uh, on the tail control rods where it passes through the little uh, yep. what are they called there? The, the little rod guides. Yep. Oh man, I hate to disagree with you guys, but that seems excessive to me. No, this I've recently I was talking to Justin. Remember on the warp. Yeah, it's trying to get rid of this. It's like the last. I'm like, you know, I've got the main gain maxed, and I'm just trying to get rid of this last little tail wig. So what's the first thing he asks? You know, how's your mechanical setup? I'm like, oh, it's good. You know, just kind of brushed it off. When I actually went back, tore the tail down, checked everything, it wasn't as smooth as I had, you know, originally thought. So went back through and made sure it met the criteria that he was saying. You know, put it on knife edge, and it falls all the way. And lo and behold, I go and hook everything back up, go and fly it tail wag is completely 100% gone. So I, maybe I'm not understanding this. So you're setting the helicopter. Okay, so it's setting up on your bench. Mm-hmm. Where yep. are you disconnecting it? Just pop the, the, the link off the tail servo horn. That's right. And so you're telling me that I should be able to lay my helicopter on its side. No, no, no. Stand no, it up. stand it up like you're doing a, like you're doing a tail down, uh, uh, like tail a tail slide. slide. And so the weight of the rod is what the you're saying. The weight of the rod will... Yeah, okay, well, that's you know right. What? I, okay. Now I'm picking up what you're laying down. I, yeah. my, I don't know why I was thinking on your side. I'm like, what in the hell? It's got the weight of the rod to contend with and everything. How's it going to Dude, that fall? would be an impressively smooth tail. I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, so you I would like, definitely not have any mechanical issues. What can I say? I like my tail smooth. <laughs> you might have a lot of mechanical issues because well, it just fell it apart. Might, <laughs> it, might not be hooked, it might not be hooked up. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, so that one example, like Jesse was saying, um, it, 99% of the tail wags and issues that people have are poor mechanical setup, plain and simple. Believe it. All right. I'll, I'll buy that. Now. I, okay. I, I don't disagree. I no longer disagree with you. Well, and here's the, the other thing though, I think is to be fair, like I said before, I agree that a large portion of the issues that people have with their tail is because they're starting with a platform that is not optimized for them to start tuning the gyro properly, right? But that being said, I think it's important to at least also tell people that this scenario that you guys are talking about, which is, I think, Anybody that's really into this hobby, which means anybody that has just as much fun building these things as they do flying them, definitely that makes perfect sense. That's like, that's your max attainable. I want to get there, right? Um, 
But I think it, it, it also is important to say that it is also true that from there to super shitty and you're never going to get this gyro to work right, there's room to breathe in there, right? Because especially with the gyros these days compared to the old ones, there, there's more that you can do in the gyro if you maybe don't have a perfectly optimized tail. And we've got people out there that, that don't have the time between work and their kids and homework and getting a wife to her thing and then this to that or whatever, that they're going to spend the time to do that. And they, they, maybe their tolerance level is, isn't as as large as folks like us, right, that, can, that don't mind sitting there eyeballing a piece of my helicopter for an hour to make it work right. I don't think it should take that long to get the tail that way. But I also know that personally I've experienced and I've seen other people fly helicopters whose tails are behaving whose mechanics have been through a day and a half worth of fun flying and without any cleaning, right? What I'm saying is it's it's entirely possible to fly a helicopter with a gyro that you've set up in whatever manner you have, depending on what the gyro is, right? And actually set it up well, even if the tail doesn't like drip off the off the shaft. You know what I mean? Yeah. I agree well, yeah, with you a, guys. Yeah, though. absolutely, I, Rob. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you guys. If you can get it there... That's primo because you have much less work that you have to do when you're starting to flip switches and turn dials and stuff. So. But yeah, it's also- and, and I, you know, what I'm trying to target with with all that. I mean, first off, absolutely agree. That's that's a completely valid point. We don't. We're not trying to say you should spend 12 hours getting your tail perfectly <laughs> nailed down. But yeah. most of the problems that I see um, addressed by this sort of thing are the ones where it prevents the guy or gal, whoever, from flying the heli confidently. I mean, that's yeah, one okay. of the first things that people will complain about. If you, yeah. I mean, if you can't be confident in your tail, then you've you're got issues. New stuff. Yeah. So you need to go find some new tail. Yeah, yeah you, you need, need to find tail. some new tail. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, fix <laughs> the mechanics busted. to the point where it can fly yeah. uh, confidently and we're good. There are tons of people out there that fly with a little bit of a wag. If it doesn't affect your performance and maneuvers, who cares? And I think another part of it is the size of the heli as well. Because in in my personal experience, I've found the smaller helis to be a lot more picky on the mechanical setup. Maybe on my 7HV, it doesn't have to be exactly perfect and it'll still fly 99%. Um, I also think it's important to mention that I think what we're getting at with this is if you're having problems. Yeah. Yeah. That was so, a place I mean, to start. That's a good place to start. It's not so much do you need to do this. Go ahead and do what you, you do. And if it works, great. But if you're having problems, maybe that's one of the first things you should look at. And and here's the other thing, too, that uh, I think a lot of people forget. It's bit me. I know it's bit it's bitten Nick before. Since we're talking troubleshooting. When you've yeah. got these issues, what's the first thing you're supposed to do? Anyone? Panic? <laughs> Call Justin. Turn off the governor. Call, Call Justin? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, if you got, yeah. Turn, Turn yeah. off your governor. Because oh, if you don't have your governor yeah. tuned correctly, yeah, uh, or yeah. your power system's acting up, it can cause tail wags and other sorts of weird uh, behaviors on the tail. Because of the way that it works. And so you got to turn the governor off to, to fix the problems. Good point. Good point. So what other mechanical issues should we look at? 
Uh, I mean, besides kind of what we've talked about, and that's ensuring that everything's, you know, smoothly operating. And now I know, uh, Justin, we've had conversations in the past about the deflection of the tail blades and, and, and how, you know, the limits, how you set the limits and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Is there a, is there anything mechanical with that aspect of it? Cause you know, um, like I remember you saying something one time about you don't understand why manufacturers make a tail that will allow itself to go into enough of a pitch to stall the tail blade. Yeah, there you know, it I've I've gotten probably three or four emails on this in the last couple of months uh about I've got a heli that lets me, you know, get forty five degrees of tail pitch. Should I do it? <laughs> um I, I still don't have an answer to the question as to why that is the case, why people or why designers do that. Maybe they have a, a good explanation. I haven't been able to come up with one myself. Well, the bottom line is what I find, and and here's here's the caveat for the way that I fly, okay, and the level of tail authority that I find that I need for my maneuvers, uh, my rule of thumb is typically to shoot for between seven and 10 millimeters of travel on the, on the pitch slider from center. Okay. Now, if you go and look at most of your helis out there, a line, um, the whiplash, uh, let's see what else here. Um, all of the Mikados. Yeah. If you, if you go and measure from center of the, of the pitch slider to the far left bearing at the case and the hub, uh, out at the end of the shaft, you're usually going to get a number between seven and ten millimeters. Is is that referring to ninety size, fifty size, all sizes? Ninety and fifty size. Good okay. point, Jesse. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. it's it's not exactly the same with the other guys. And and so you know, if if you stick to that sort of rule of thumb, that guideline then you should never have to worry about overextending the tail. There are, you know, there are a couple of problems that you can have with overextending it. One is some of those pitch slider designs, I know you guys have seen this before, if you push it too far out towards the tail hub, you can actually get the links to bind. Yes. Because oh, yeah. they That's- go over center on the on the main grip arms and then when you try to push it back it gets stuck, right? Yep. So that, that's, that's actually day. how you were saying some um, tail designs have you know more pitch than you obviously need. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just from it from experience, I know the seven HV is like that, um, and I know in the manual they give you they give you the uh, limits that you're supposed to set it at. And when you do it out, that actually isn't the actual mechanical limits of the slider for that. Oh, exact interesting. Reason. So they Once actually tell you in the manual. Yeah, they give you a millimeter in the manual, and when you set that, it's not the mechanical limits. You know, you're not touching the tail hub and you're not touching the tail case with the slider. Right. So why don't they just make the tail shaft shorter? That's the question I've been asking since day one as well, Nick. That I'm not sure. You know, you actually bring up a good point there. And one thing that I would, that actually brings up another question for me, for instance, you know, when we, because we're talking about, uh, you know, that uh, there's varying levels of, I guess, uh, accuracy or finesse with the different types of settings and stuff like that, including like the stop gain, um, acceleration, deceleration and stuff like that. I know that when it comes to certain collective based maneuvers or like rolling or flipping or even pumping and stuff like that, most of today's three axis systems have 
in the way the settings are set up, if you could actually be like on that blade or something while it's flying, you can watch that. There are scenarios where in order for that algorithm to do for you what it wants you to do, it's going to pass where you put it with the stick, right? It's just going to briefly pop. It's going to pop right past there. It's going to extend past that limit just briefly. To maybe, if it, maybe if you want your stop a little sharper, maybe it'll do that a little farther. So if that's the case with regards to how the, some of these other tail parameters work, it makes perfect sense that the helicopter manufacturer would build a tail in such a way where it gives you something optimal, but there's room to breathe. That's an interesting thought, Rob. I hadn't thought of it that way. You're right. These algorithms do do that. For a slight amount of overshoot, right. And then you're not binding it. Oh, there he is. I was waiting. He said doo-doo. I was waiting. It's been a couple shows. (laughs) I did say (laughs) doo-doo. So, but, so they don't, okay. So, like, I know we're not talking about uh, the cyclic, but I know on the Beast X, you can tell it exactly where the, the, Mechanical limits are. You can't tell the tail where its absolute mechanical limits are. Yeah. So yeah, you do, does it, but it's just but it'll not, still go over that? I mean what's the point? No, it, it won't go over no. that. But you can you can tell it to go too far. That's what they're saying. Is make sure and yeah. pay attention to the manual. Don't just always Don't you know, go to right. just the mechanical limits always. Because yeah, bi- I mean binding your thing. tail People slider just, oh, or the it. other like, problem which is lie, tail guys. stall. That's that's exactly what I do. Yeah, I go to the and, I go well, to the mechanical limits. I, I, luckily for you, with you know the situation of flying all lines, it's not a problem. Yeah, lines that's actually the way you've been really good yes. about that. Yeah, but yep. there are other helis. Uh, I know the E seven. We had to do that. You know, pay attention to it with the seven seven HV. Because yeah, yeah, if you if you tell it if you set the mechanical limit, you know, for the in the fly barless system, if you tell it to go past that point, even though it's not touching the tail hub it's still into a section there where it's going to bind and you want to keep yeah. the tail out of that so you want to set your mechanical limit in the fly barless system before i can't tell it you this my line will go into a mechanical bind uh okay if i disconnect At max travel if i if i disconnect the tail rod guide mm-hmm. i can turn the blade out those links will turn in and bind Ooh, ooh. Yeah, my Gowie 200, they'll flip over. I did not realize that. Wow. <laughs> See, I always watch for that. I I will not set my yeah. my limits in the system anywhere close to that. I, I mean, I don't. Yeah. I well, I guess I've gotten lucky. I just well, you're so far from using it in flight. Yeah, I mean that's it, come on, you, Dan. If, you you like watch those man. videos? The gyro won't let it go that fast. That's right. the other thing. To get up to where you're going to use that much tail pitch, you actually have to completely disable the gyro yeah. or drop the gain all the way down to zero, where the gyro has no no control over the pyro speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and do, like, then the it will start shit, to yeah. allow it to go into that. And by then, you have uh, done weed yourself because it's going so <laughs> fast you can't even. Oh, see yeah, it. that would be scary. Weed myself. Yep. Come on. Well, unless yeah. you're intending on doing that on purpose, you well, know. Some yeah, I usually do. Yeah, that's bank two. <laughs> that's, bank. <laughs> that's bank two. <laughs> that's 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 the, that's my showtime bank, baby. Yeah. <laughs> showtime, showtime bank. Speed. That's awesome. <laughs> Blurry time. <laughs> that's right. So, what's next in this grand scheme of tail well, tuning? I think another mechanical setup thing that we need to look at is a lot of the newer helis now. 
are when you set the the tail pitch slider in the mechanical in the center of the tail output shaft there's actually some pitch designed into the blade grips to already counter the torque from the main rotor some systems you want to set it so it hovers perfect in rate mode while other systems call for it to be at zero degrees pitch when you set it up yeah yeah, that's a good point, Jesse. And you really got to pay attention to what the system you're using yeah. recommends. Because I know from my experience with with the Compass Helis, now in their in their newer tail designs, there's, you know, 6 degrees of pitch designed into the tail blade grips when it's in the mechanical center of the output shaft. Yeah, it's I'm right. most Helis don't that these days it seems. Yeah, exa- yeah, it's pretty common. Yeah, the Helis are. And the, and I had I had never ran into it with a setup you know, my setups were always the same, like Dan was talking about. You threw it into rate mode, make sure it was mechanically centered, and you're solid. Um, but the Skookums, actually, they specifically call for in the manual um, to set it up with zero degrees of blade. Bit. Now, is mm-hmm. this a, is this a trend? I mean, is this happening more and more with these fly It's bars? just, it's, it, it's kind not of a, really a trend. A new it's design just, thing. It's just, yeah. it's what it, what's happening. Yeah. It's what so they call So that for. means... It's what's it, for dinner. If... If your yeah. fly barless unit is calling for zero pitch, that means that when you're mechanically setting up your tail, it's you're not, not going to be at ninety degrees. See, I don't know about that though because I they, no, you do. You had you just you have to adjust your tail rod right, and then you you sacrifice a portion of your travel because you have to move it yeah. against what was designed in the well, first place. No, no, but no, no. Skookum was the only place. If that's the case, that Skookum is the only one I've ever heard of that's like that. And it seems silly to me that a manufacturer would design a fly barless unit whose parameters are contrary to the majority of the tails that are going to be floating around in its orbit. I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I don't know. I know I've been out of the loop for about the last year, but I know on my way out last year, I started to get the impression that the Skookum 720, while it's a very gadgety, cool looking thing, I just, it felt to me like it was, a bunch of science fair guys that grew up out of Magic the Gathering, and now they're playing with this thing instead. Oh, dude! The, I, I, don't I, I will even. The I mean, five forty is. Yeah, the, it's they solid. Didn't, they didn't get That's it good. until they got the five forty. All right. See, I haven't, I haven't seen anything on the five forty, but I just know a lot of people bought and then sold the seven twenties. Oh, no, 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 the seven twenty was. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, okay. The, the five forty is no. a huge improvement, and, and the nice. tail, and that's another thing that's hard to like, really hard to dis. You can't really like disagree with it per se. Your limits are still the same. Now, it, it doesn't. It's kind of weird. Like you set up a V bar, you know, and you you have some uh, counter torque pitch in the blades. Yeah. You're going for you know hundred and hundred on the end points, and that gives you you know maybe six degrees of blade pitch in the middle. And everyone, it makes sense. I agree that the Skookum's a little odd because if I set it up mechanically that way, I'll be Zero degrees of tail blade pitch. Okay, 90 degrees on the servo arm. That's what Skookum wants. Right. And then I set up the limits, and it'll be like 80 and 120. Yeah. Or 85 and 120. Right. Right. But again, you got to remember, just like we were talking about earlier, it's just a number. And you don't use that whole limit. So your pyro pyro rate, you know, right rudder and left rudder is still going to be equal because you're not actually going to the mechanical limits when you're pyroing. And well, I, w- I would call them. You need more pitch anyway because one counteracts the torque and one goes with the torque anyway. So Exactly. Well, and I would call them idiots for it if if I didn't know that it, I mean, that it, it worked so well. Right, right, right. 
yeah, I mean the the pure consistency on it is just it's insane. It's very it's very V bar like. So yeah, very. it's just different, just different. I'm still stuck on Rob's reference to the uh, Magic the Gathering. I'm just picturing a bunch <laughs> of developers sitting at Middle Earth. <laughs> yep. Oh my goodness. You're gonna put an extra bus inside of here. <laughs> Sell pre- another bank. Precious. <laughs> it was it was very gadgety, and they they definitely. <laughs> They've Milled kicked it, it up a notch. <laughs> well, I see. To their credit, though, that set when that 720 came out, that guy was making them in his in his house or his apartment or whatever, mm-hmm. and they were sold in all the big stores. You know what I mean? The online shops and shit like that. Yeah, so that's I gotta awesome. give him props for that because they came out with something that built up enough steam where this guy's like, I-, "I need to buy another solder gun and get my neighbor to start making these with me or something." You know what I mean? They had to up it <laughs> up, you know. But I yeah. gave it to him. That's commitment that he sat there and he designed and built those things by hand. So, yeah, it, it's a, it's it's been quite the journey for him. <laughs> yeah, I bet. yeah. I do think Dan, there's one more we need to discuss on mechanical. Okay. And this is all, all of ye T Rex 700 E folk know how this goes. Um, relationship, and, and I'm going to throw three in here. Relationship of tail blade size head speed and tail gear ratio. Ooh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Getting oh, deep. That, it's yeah, and that is, oh, let's figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh there is a there's a whole science to it. And that that's another one like uh like we were discussing about the tail gains. You know, well what's your gain at? Well what's your gain yeah. at? Well yeah. if you're one millimeter difference on that servo horn that that that, that next guy is your gain number is going to be completely different because oh, yeah. your relationship of mechanical to electronic gain is, is going to be totally different. Dude, Well, I'm going to throw one more helicopter in that mix. I'm going to throw in the 600E as well. Yes. Exactly. Oh, that's a good bro. one. Yes. You betcha. Yeah. yeah. That is, it's With all It's now- like two to one tail ratio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the ultimate 3d machine you gotta like you gotta swing 325s yeah. on the tail to get the damn thing to hold yeah. <laughs> still um, with nail blades off the next door neighbor yeah uh, it, you just you can't go off uh you have to be really conscious with some of these and i say some of them because really a line is the only one that seems to be doing it i, I haven't noticed any other manufacturers that are trending toward these really crappy lower tail ratios other than a line. And it might turn back. I noticed that it might be turning back around, but you know, a lot, a lot of people like, okay guys. So for you 700 owners, you know, we had the, the old, like on the um, nitro, we had the 164 tooth main, and then we're dealing with all these like mod point seven, you know, auto drive gears. And then they, they came out with the Mod 1. Oh, this is the big upgrade. Mod 1, right? Mod 1. Well, you know what they snuck in there <laughs> that <laughs> hardly anyone realized was that the tail gear ratio went from 4.54 down to 4.3. That a little slower. And me. let's make sure everyone that's listening understands where the problem is here. You know, the, the, the tail gear ratio that Nick's referring to is basically think about what's my head speed and then let's multiply that head speed by my ratio to figure yeah. out what my tail speed is. Well, for the same head speed and, uh, and tail blade size, 
uh, a, a tail disc that's spinning slower because it has a lower ratio is going to be able to produce less thrust. It won't be able to produce as much thrust as a higher ratio, which means your tail doesn't hold as well. So it'll suck more. Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, though, but and I don't again, you know, I get to play kind of the the odd man out here because I'm a kind of I mean, I'm just I'm not up on current events as far as from the last year. But about a year ago. When just actually just have just around the time that the 550 was coming out, and we started seeing people with these epic, super high heads, super high head speed oh videos goodness. and shit like that with their 550s and these other helicopters. At one point, there there was what I saw was some sort of a trend where people got it wrapped around their brains that they wanted to make that main disc spin as fast as possible before it became dangerous. And yeah. if that's the case, if that's yeah. the case. Kick her down to three to one. You know, I mean, if you're trying to pull, that's why they you know, did. Like, and they, yeah. Yep, you got it. Wrong. Yeah, they had to. Yeah, they were ejecting tail. tail yeah, I mean, tail, tail heads yeah. were snapping. Grips right. gone. Right. You know, left the scene <laughs> yeah. of the accident. So yeah. it was the consumer's obsession. Yeah. With yes. more, and more, more, more head speed. Let me yeah. add, Rob. <clears throat> as you mentioned, you have been out a while, and I am happy to report to you that that trend that that you were witnessing is kind of re- reverse itself. I mean, it's we're noticing a lot more people yeah. not bragging about their fast head speed, but actually bragging about how the fact that they can turn their head yeah. down and still fly. Uh, appreciating yeah. the precision. Yes. Yes. Collective management. We started this whole thing talking about that too. Collective management. I remember in the beginning of this, Dan, we talked a lot about that. And dude, I think it just, and this is just a kind of a side note to just about everything we're talking about today it's about how much attention I want to spend on flying the helicopter as well as I can, rather than going balls to the wall on this, that, or the other, whether it's my wallet, the blades or the head speed or whatever it is, right. To compensate for my lack of ability to make it look good on purpose. Right. And so I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that I've, ever, ever since I saw Timo doing those, um, those Heinz, or Henslet uh, videos where he's doing just wicked slow head speeds, right? I was hooked on the yeah, low dude. Head he he yeah. he is still my my role model. That's like yeah, that's a that's 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 where I want to attain is to be able to make the thing sound like a Chinook and do three D. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So just you know, kind of the the point of all that is be very aware of what the tail ratio in your model is and don't get so caught up. You know, if you're going to take this heli that was, you know, really designed to be ran, we'll, we'll just use the 600 DFL, you know, it's designed to be ran at 22 to 2300 RPM. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're flying that thing around at 1900, because 22 scares the crap out of you, um, you're definitely going to want to bump up to like some 105 tailblades to to regain some of that authority um because no matter what gyro settings you have it's just not there yeah there's not enough oomph left yeah we had to do that to ed's to ed's 600 and you know speaking about guys who mask their uh well i don't want to it's kind of it's kind of a harsh term (laughs) i guess mask their lack of ability with high head speed excuse me hang on a second i got i got a cough (laughs) 
<laughs> Excuse me. Oh, anyway, I lost my train of thought there. I don't remember what I was talking about. Do you get all that I out? I got all that out. I had to get it out. Did you wipe your chin? <laughs> 2,600. Oh, yeah, baby. On a yeah. 90? Ooh. On a 90. Yeah, that's nuts. Now, I'm, I'm happy as well. I just, I can, uh, the sound of a low head speed, like you were saying, Rob, and just the the smooth 3D that is, you know, quick, still quick, yep. and just looks so purposeful. That's, man, that's what I like. Yeah, it's a great word for it. Very purposeful, very deliberate. Yep. I mean, yep. don't get me wrong. I like seeing some really fast flying. I mean, Tariq was, it's really cool to watch that, but. Once or um, twice. Well, that's what I'm saying. After a while, it just looks like the same thing. And it's like, how many frames did I just miss? You know, what just happened there? Versus watching just very – because to me, I think it takes a lot more skill to be able to do like uh, low Mobiuses or something like that, super slow, with a 90 size heli at like 1,800 RPM or 1,700 or something crazy like that, you know? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, so just be aware that if you, you are going to dabble – in that lower head speed, uh, make sure, you know, your model is set up for it. And, yeah. uh, worst case, you might have to bump up one tail blade size. So let's, let's move along and let's talk about, I know this is an issue probably more so than even some of us, Nick even realized, cause we've been talking about this a little bit, um, actual tail blades themselves. I mean, we, we've recently had a few discussions about this and Jesse was also, yeah. uh, pleasantly surprised with some differences <laughs> he found. Let's talk a little bit about those considerations. I mean, you've got different tail blades, carbon, plastic. Uh, how heavy are they? How does that play into the equation? And, you know, I've been flying the KDBB, KBD. <laughs> Damn it. Dude, they are not going to send you a free pair now. Screwed it all up. I've been flying right. those forever, and I've not had a problem with them. Of course, I don't fly like Nick and Jesse do either, so I, I don't – I can't appreciate – uh, what what they're experiencing based on their ability. And again, like we said when we did talk about this a few weeks ago, just briefly, you know, what you're about to hear when it comes to these, uh, we're not trying to say that this is not a good blade. It's just for this this particular purpose. It might not be your best option. So let's yeah. talk about that. And Jesse, why don't you kind of refresh us your exper- your recent experience with the tail blade and what you what you found out. Yeah, so about, it was two weeks ago, I was... Um, before that point in time, I had been flying the KBDD 112 Extreme Edition, which are a um, plastic tail blade. And basically, I was just getting started with practicing my pyro flip reversals. So that involves a full, um, my my comfortable pyro direction is right pyro. So for me, that involves a full right pyro to an instantaneous full left pyro. So when I went to go do that while flying my 7HV, the tail did not respond. So I went from full right rudder, went to left, and it just stayed pretty much right center. And what had happened was it had stripped out the tail pulley in the back. So after talking to a couple people, um, Dave Kettlehut being one, um, basically for the 7HV, that weight of tail blade put too much stress on the basically the whole entire system for the, the tail system. Um, and after buying some carbon fiber tail blades, um, I had found that the KBDD ones were pushing twice as heavy as the standard. I'm flying the Compass ones. Um, I've compared them with the edges as well, and they're very similar. 
So about twice as heavy as carbon fiber tail blades. So, and it was kind of that extra weight that put a you know a bunch of extra force right on the tail pulley, and that was the part that failed on my heli. So, so uh, and Nick, you you had the, an experience like that as well, right? And you've switched recently. Yeah, for me it was, you know, it's it's. <laughs> we won't be shy that I've had some complaints about the pyro consistency um, in the Beast X during, you know, high-speed pyro <laughs> maneuvers. And I really kind of learned it, you know, this summer. Th- th- it was just I got to that point where I wanted more out of it, and it wasn't given that to me. And so I, I had just kind of – I had this weird hunch. There was something weird about him, and I'd been running them too. And I swapped with the exact same settings. I mean, same everything. Um, swapped to a set of Edge 115s from the KBDD-112s. And just that, with the same beast X, cut it down in half. I mean, it was night and day difference on the pyro consistency. Yeah. And the other big portion of it, it was the tail was quieter. It was significantly quieter, actually. And the stops were a lot crisper. I actually had to go back and turn my stop gains down because I had them up a lot higher. So all of that really kind of pointed to, uh, wow, these are just more efficient of a tail blade. I mean, now granted, you're talking yeah. <laughs> 30 per 40% more in cost. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, are they that's 30 a to 40% one. more efficient? <laughs> well, you know, again, it goes back to what did I need to get out of them when you're working on pirouetting circuits Pyro flips, pyro loops, consistency's yep. huge. Right. That's Boy. really important. And, and I just want to add with the with the V bar, I see. I, I switched for a different reason because I I wasn't having problems with the pyro consistency. Um, I'm sure I would have seen with the stops. You know, going to a carbon fiber blade, I probably would have had to lower the stop gains. But I mean, in in my opinion, that's not really a huge deal because we have the flexibility to change those gains. Um, Mm-hmm. So I don't really count that against the tail blade. You know, you're going to have to make minor changes based on what blade you're flying. So um, for me, it was just, you know, they put too much stress on the system. What are your thoughts, Justin, on this topic? You know, I I am flying and have been flying the KBDDs, uh, the 112 extremes, like Jesse said. I personally haven't experienced any of the problems that uh, Nick has described in terms of pyro inconsistencies. And my, I mean, you know, Jesse's running a, you're running a tail, right, Jesse? With a, uh, uh, wow, a I'm tail. a tail. Let's yes. try that again. <laughs> yes, my, this, the 7HV, it does have a tail on it and it works. You're running a belted <laughs> tail, right? Yes. I With am. a plastic pulley. And so in that sort of a situation, yeah, I mean, the mass of the blades plays a significant role. And those plastic and blades are heavier than the standard so uh, carbon fiber To give ones. you guys some, some data, it was about 9.6 grams per blade for the KBDDs. And it was about, mm-hmm. I think, 5.7 grams for the carbon fiber ones. So um, almost per, twice. Per yeah, almost so we're, twice we're the weight. Approaching, yeah, double. That, that plays a significant role in the kind of forces that are put on that. But does it, um, yeah. I mean, okay, so we're talking about mechanical forces on the tail, but so is it a direct performance degradation or is it just a risk and tail failure that we're talking about? Well, okay, no, the, so yeah, just the, let, the stress. So Jesse's talking about the stress. 
you double the yeah. mass you double the amount of uh the amount of energy that this yeah. thing is storing okay that's for one so when you're making these wild changes and the head speeds bouncing all over the place that stress to a certain extent is going to be translated onto the gearing system and in yep. this case for for the 7hv it basically ate the tail pulley the See, plastic I, and, tail pulley so one other thing to mention though is you had mentioned you know well, why isn't a metal tail pulley I and I mean in my belief, if it would have been a metal tail pulley, it just would have ate the belt. It's it would have ate the belt in its way up. Very good point. Very good point. Absolutely. Now the the inconsistencies that Nick is talking about, yeah, it could be. You know, th- this is when you look at how these things work, Dan. Um, the heavier the thing is, the more inertia it has, right? And so it's not going to be as quick to respond to instantaneous changes. And it may give a, a more sloppy or mushy feel. Okay. It may provide a more inconsistent yeah. feel. Um, and, and that may have been what Nick was feeling. Oh, and, absolutely. And we're talking about, I mean, the Nick, the maneuvers that Nick's talking about, I mean, are more, I would consider more advanced maneuvers. So, I mean, absolutely. we're not saying it's a bad tail blade by any means. No. No, no, and and so for me, I mean, now I I know we did actually encounter one set of KBDDs that, and this was at last September's Othello. I think Nick had where they weren't balanced correctly, and they were causing all sorts of nasty vibrations and noise. Yeah. Um. So you know when you get the odd set that aren't balanced, well, I mean, it doesn't make a difference whether it's carbon fiber or plastic. It's going to give you trouble. But, yeah, for the maneuvers he's doing, the more advanced stuff, uh, I could imagine that it could play a role if you're used to that level of sensitivity. I have yet to have a set that uh, are unbalanced. I do not have the same situation that Jesse has with the belted tail, and I am not doing as advanced maneuvers, and so they have worked quite well for me and and i'll add to it the last thing and quite frankly the most important which is i hate spending 30 bucks every time <laughs> i doink a set of tail tail so, blades. Yeah. real quick tell me how do you check the balance on tail blades you can do it in the exact same way as you uh as you do a a, a regular set of blades with a little seesaw type balance dan okay or you can what I've also done in the past is I'll put the whole rotor assembly together and stick it on a, a magnetic balancer uh, or a, a blade type balancer mm-hmm. and make sure that it is it is it's neutral. It doesn't drop to one side. And then do you just like you would balance a blade for a, a plank? You you trim some off of. Uh, yeah, well, for the plastic, I would I've never had to do this for the plastic blades, the tail blades, but. I would sand a little bit, probably okay. out at the tip. For carbon fiber, and I have had to do this before, I would put a small piece of tape. That sounds real good, guys. Is there any other considerations that we should let people know about when we're talking about tail tuning? We're wrapping this, this topic up. Yeah, I think just one of the main things is is you got to tune the tail for your flying ability. I mean, as you progress as a pilot, you're going to find that your tuning skills improve as well, so... Yeah, and I think that's probably one of the most important points. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it just really not relevant to compare numbers with other people who are at different flying, who have a different flying ability than you do. Just because there are advanced parameters, it doesn't mean you have to play with them. 
You know, if, if, if you don't understand what they do, then take a step back and do a little bit of research on it first or ask a question. Send me an email. Send Nick or Jesse, whoever, an email, and we can get you up to speed on that. The advanced tail parameters that other than other than people coming to me with tail problems that ultimately turn out to be poor mechanical setup. The next most common thing is, oh, I, you know, I went into the advanced tuning menu and I started tweaking this number and that number and the thing just flies like crap. What's going on? Well, because you didn't go in with any rhyme or reason, there was no logic to it and you don't quite understand what they're supposed to do when you change the numbers. So, of course, we're going to have a crappy tail at the end of the day. Right. So we're going to we're going to move along but I just want to share with our listeners that there's a benefit. I have a definite benefit of hanging out with a few guys like Nick and Justin and Jesse that love to tinker with this stuff. <laughs> and the biggest benefit is it's inevitable at most every fun fly that I've been to with these guys. I'll always score one or two sets of tailblades. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, it's just the benefit. I mean, look, I kind of take the opinion approach, and I'm actually in a really fortunate position to have three guys that I can really go look to for these kind of things because, you know, obviously I I can't just uh, continuously run to these guys. Like, you know, sometimes I, I feel like maybe I should <laughs> maybe do a little research my own on my own, but I'm like, yeah, it's just easier to nah. yeah. just, just make Nick a phone call. Nick doesn't mind. You, you did the editing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it uh, definitely is a benefit. And I got to tell you guys, uh, you know, utilize that resource. These guys, they have a tremendous amount of knowledge. And uh, it's just a great resource that they make themselves available to any of us that have questions. Well, guys, the new year's upon us. Hopefully this year you guys got all of those cool little heli gadgets and gizmos that you wanted. Probably ended up with some batteries. Got a little bit of advice for you. Why don't you head over to ProgressiveRC.com. They've got all your charging accessories over there at ProgressiveRC. They've got charging cases, adapters, different charging leads, pretty much everything you'll need to get those brand new packs ready to fly. So go check them out, ProgressiveRC.com. So I'm excited, guys. We're going to move along now. We're kind of done talking about tail, my favorite subject, by the way, tail. I'm a little, uh, it's, it's, I'm out of practice. <laughs> been, been fun. <laughs> not supposed to tell people that. <laughs> Never let your game down. At least, at at least not make something lie up. through your teeth about it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no shame in my game, man. So I'm excited though because we're gonna I'm we're getting ready to introduce a new segment. Of course, as you guys might remember, uh, Carrie Shirley was on the show a while ago, and he is like the go-to guy for gasser stuff. I mean, he's like the gasser icon in in the hobby. And we realized if we didn't know that before we had him on the show, we definitely realized that after the show because you know we emails and just new new listeners to the show. I mean, just uh, hey, I heard. Carrie Shirley was on your show. I thought I'd give you guys a listen, and you know, we got new listeners because of it, and we're very, very pleased yeah. that he's agreed to do this. So we're going to go ahead and play that right now. Uh, this is Carrie Shirley's first gas-powered thought segment. Take a listen. And, uh, we'll be right 
Hey everybody, it's Kerry Shirley with GasPoweredThoughts.com. Today I want to talk about fuel. So, it's a gas-powered helicopter. It runs on gasoline, right? Well, yeah, you're right, it, it does. But that's not all it runs on. There's actually options, believe it or not. Gasoline is just one of them. Now, you might ask, what else is there? Well, there's actually several other things uh, people have used and are using. One of them is lantern fuel. One of them is uh, a product called SEF, or True Fuel, which you might find at a hardware store or a box store. And the other is uh, methanol, which you might find at a racetrack. So why would you want to use something other than gasoline? Well, if you've, if you've used gasoline for your lawnmower or, apply, or lawn implements or even your helicopter, you'll find that it has a horrible odor. And particularly if you're in one of the areas where they're doing boutique blends for the EPA, it, it gets really bad, especially in the summertime. And if you keep your models indoors like I do, you bring this thing in from a day flying and it, it'll smell your whole house up. It's horrible. You know, I've talked to a lot of people who, in some cases, had to get rid of their helicopter because it smelled the house up and uh, you know, whoever they lived with just couldn't take it. So, you know, there's some options, and the options uh, don't necessarily have odors. Now, let me talk about uh, something else that's kind of a current event. Gasoline today has at least 10% ethanol in it, and they're moving to a 15% blend. Well, most of, this, most of these motors weren't designed for ethanol at all. So what you're seeing, even on automobiles, is degradation of aluminum parts, Rubber parts, plastic parts, various pieces uh, just don't like the ethanol. And inside your carburetor are some rubber parts, particularly the diaphragm. And over time, the ethanol will do damage to it, and you'll start to see it run screwy. So if you look at alternatives, they don't have ethanol. Let me start with uh, one of my favorites, lantern fuel. Good old Coleman, Ozark, there's a whole variety of blends that you can get uh, at a sporting goods store, Walmart, any, any place. Believe it or not, this stuff runs really well. It doesn't have any additives. Its, its main ingredient is naphtha, which is one of the ingredients of gasoline. The only uh, odor you'll find from running it is more like uh, you've been cooking out. It's almost like potato chips. It doesn't have a bad odor. The motor runs surprisingly well with it. Uh, lots of people have run them for hours and hours with this fuel, never had a problem. Now, the fuel manufacturers will tell you, hey, we don't recommend this, not recommended to run in motors. The engine manufacturer will tell you, hey, we don't, we don't recommend that. I'm telling you, lots of people have done it for a long time, and it works just fine. In fact, Bill Metter uh, in, from Mississippi may have been the first person to do this. I know he's the first person I heard about trying it. So uh, if someone did it before him, I'm not aware of it. You know, it's about nine bucks a gallon. It's a little bit more than gasoline. But if, you're, uh, if you've got a problem with odors from the, the fuel, that's a good way to get rid of it. Now, what, what else is there? Well, I mentioned SEF or True Fuel. That's a sort of a custom blend lantern fuel, if you will. It's, it's not exactly the same thing. But it's made by, uh, actually, SEF is made by Powermaster, the same people who make uh, some of our model fuels. Uh, VP Racing is the parent company of that. 
uh, True Fuel. I, I don't know who makes that. You can get that at like uh, Home Depot or Lowe's. The problem with those two fuels is they're really expensive. Uh, they're like five or six bucks a quart. Uh, similarly, they have no odor, but they are a little more expensive. Finally, I talked about methanol. Methanol is uh, pretty similar to what you're running in glow fuel. To do that, you would have to change the carburetor out to a methanol-compliant uh, carburetor. problem with this is now, now we're off in the weeds. You know, the whole point behind fl- flying a gas-powered helicopter is you can get fuel that's inexpensive and fairly easy to get a hold of. You start running something exotic like methanol, it's hard to get. It's not that expensive. It, it's, it's fairly cheap, but it's not easy to get. And it uses a lot of it, uh, just like glow fuel. It's big motor, you know, 23, 29 cc's, big piston moving around. It's going to burn a lot of it. So it kind of defeats the whole purpose. They make a lot of power. They won't have a bad odor, but it's just, uh, from in my opinion, not a good use of the platform. That's not really why we're going down the path of gasoline power here. It's more about uh, it's an inexpensive way to put a lot of flight time on your helicopter. So are there uh, advantages to these? Well, obviously, uh, in, in my opinion, the odor is the big one. I have not seen significant power differences between gasoline, lantern fuel, or the, uh, the SEF-type fuels. Now, to be fair, I have not seen a dyno comparison between gasoline and lantern fuel. I have seen dyno comparisons done by TRM Power between lantern fuel and SEF. And the power, power was approximately the same between the two. Obviously, there's, there's some cost differences here. Um, SEF and True Fuel being fairly expensive. Now, I also understand VP Racing is coming out with another fuel called Power Mix, which is specifically for uh, two-stroke RC motors. They're going to sell it in gallons. It's going to be available at your hobby store. I don't know the price on it. It's approximately the same stuff as SEF. They tell me that uh, it's blended specifically for our use. I don't know what that means exactly. I have run some, runs about like Lantern Fuel, runs about like SEF. Uh, We'll see how that works uh, when it comes onto the market. So let me talk about some of the disadvantages here. I've I've touched on on this. Uh, Obviously, gasoline, it's got ethanol in it, going to cause problems. It is readily available. Lantern Fuel, haven't seen any real disadvantages to it. Power mix or uh, true fuel, fairly expensive. Methanol, eh, it's too exotic. Now, some people have put additives in gasoline. There are some uh, oxidizers that uh, can be added that purport to add power. Never tried it. I've talked to people who have. Some people see a difference. Some people don't. But once again, you're starting to get exotic uh, if you don't do it right, you can blow the motor up or damage it. And uh, if you've got modified motors, they're not going to—they're uh, probably not going to honor the warranty once they find out you've been juicing the fuel. So, what do I run most of the time? Uh, to be honest, I mostly run lantern fuel. I keep the uh, models in the house. I run it in just about everything. I uh, have not run it yet in the OS Max GT15 simply because it's been too hard to get parts for that. But now that it's production, I will be trying that. Uh, I've had uh, a lot of good luck with it. 
And I, I can recommend to you that uh, if, if you want to try it in your gas helicopter, you'll have good results. That's about it for this segment. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is Kerry Shirley from GasPoweredThoughts.com. All righty, guys. That was Kerry Shirley. And again, we can't thank him enough for enlightening us uh, when it comes to gasser stuff. Because frankly, I just don't trust what Justin has to say. <laughs> oh, man. Now it's, wow. Now everything's out in the open. Glad, we're, glad we finally made it there. Oh, my God, you guys. So uh, are we excited for June to come? Is it here yet? Yeah. Oh, seriously. I am just, I'm so happy with uh, the response we're getting uh, about this fun fly. I, it's humbling in a way, to be honest with you. I mean, um, man, we're just, we're doing this in true RCHN style. There's just no question. I mean, uh, yeah, buddy. it would almost be, God, wouldn't it be kind of fun to let everybody see that action item list? I mean, oh, I, I got it. I got to tell you guys, we, I mean, we are approaching, we're building a shuttle here, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we got the rocket scientist to help us along with the project. I mean, overseeing. this, uh, totally just overseeing the operation. And we got fantastic help from Dieter and, and Nick and, and Jesse and everybody's just, oh man, we're just so excited about this. So uh, no real new news this week, other than I can tell you that we've had uh, a few manufacturers get in touch with us wanting to give us some stuff for um however we decide donations uh contest prizes those crooked head i swear to god i swear to god i'm gonna have cat stew tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) go somewhere skewer the pussy oh No. Okay. Are we yeah, gonna finish talking it. about the fun fly now? Yeah, because I got a review to do. Oh, that's right. Justin's oh, Oh no way. We're gonna have to skip. Oh man. Like, Justin's oh, got a review. God, you guys have the next couple hours free. Yeah. <laughs> let me mute, let me mute my mic. I'm gonna, I'm no, gonna go seriously. to a party. So anyway, you know, as soon as we get get stuff in from these guys, we'll we'll gladly tell you who they are and and uh, what's going on with that, and um, just look forward to hearing about this as we move along and um hopefully you don't feel like you're hearing about it too much but we're just that that excited about it and i think it it's really going to turn out for a first year fun fly i'm I'm thinking it's going to turn out pretty amazing so uh, as we progress and get things done by all means uh follow the threads and uh tune in and we'll tell you all about it so justin just reminded me that he's got a dis i mean a um review to do not, not a dissertation. dissertation. <laughs> no, I promise this is not like the Heli Command review. <laughs> oh, I love that Heli Command review. What are you talking about? Thanks, Dan. It's my ringtone. That's that's me. That's your ringtone? <laughs> <laughs> Has it ever gotten to the end? Yeah. So, as you guys know, about two or so months ago, I uh, we got hooked up with MKS USA. Thomas Cook is the owner of, of that company. And uh, he was kind enough to get us a set of HBL 665 and 669 high voltage servos. 
from MKS. This is MKS's high voltage line. Um, there is a there's one other set above this, which are the 950s and 980s, and they are a full metal case with a little bit better performance. Uh, but the 665s and 669s are a metal uh, center case with the plastic top, still all metal gear, still awesome performing servos. So, uh, and I actually was able to get a hold of one of the servo holiday package deals. So this is, uh, you'll see in the written review, I'll have that posted by the time uh, this episode goes live. It's basically three of the 669s, or I'm sorry, 665s, which are the cyclics, and one 669, which is the tail. It's mounted in this really nice looking box. It's got the MKS uh, logo on there. Uh, it it comes with servo gear grease, uh, its own package of servo horn hardware, and then a little silver MKS sticker that you can put on your canopy or your field box or whatever. Uh, and so first impressions for me, again, are always a big thing. And that was that was great. You know, you spend the kind of money that we spend in this hobby and you really want to feel like you're getting more than just a crappy plastic box with uh you know, with a, a, a servo in it. Um, so that was a that was a nice touch. In terms of specs, these things are freaking awesome. The 665 Cyclics, they can run between 4 and 8.4 volts. So again, high voltage, you can run them full direct 2S LiPo. Um, they are 1520 microseconds and 30, 333 hertz is the working frequency. And they operate at uh, 0.1 seconds at, at uh, 2S direct with 211 ounce inches of torque, brushless, dual ball bearings, chrome titanium gears, just amazing. The tail is a 760 microsecond, so it's the short pulse width, 560 hertz, and it's 0.04 seconds at uh, 70.8 ounce inches of torque. So super, super fast tail. Um, they look great for one. They they come in a nice red anodized main case, beefy little heat sink there. Um, and I actually opened one of them up to take a look at the gears as well. They are equally beefy. It's all metal gear, uh, really super solid, um, very tight feeling as well. You know how you, you, you know, there are other several brands out there. You pull it out of the box and stick a horn on it the first time and try to wiggle that horn back together a little bit and you can feel gear lash in there. We were talking about this just a bit ago with the tail. Those kinds of mechanical issues in your tail or in your your head for uh, fly barless systems, the control loop doesn't like that. These guys have absolutely no gear lash whatsoever. Uh, I was thoroughly impressed with that. They feel tight. They feel smooth. Just a great all-around feeling servo on the bench. Um, okay, so here's the thing. I've got a nerd out. That's what I always do. I'm a nerd. And so I devised some bench testing. Because, you know, just flying the set of servos and saying, yeah, dude, they felt great, blah, 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 is not, to me, doesn't doesn't necessarily sell the product. So these guys are saying, hey, MKS is an awesome servo brand. Well, let's let's prove it here and in more than just the flying. So what I did was come up with a 
test that I performed on an MKS, on a Hyperion high-voltage servo, and on an Align DS610, all at 8.4 volts, so direct 2S. Uh, and I won't go into the, the details of what I did. Uh, you can read that in the review on the website. But basically, this, this test was, devi- it was a 15-minute long test uh, with the servo sitting at idle, and then being actuated at one hertz through full throw for five minutes, and then sitting at idle again to cool off. And I measured the temperature of the metal case uh, every minute. And what I found was that the MKSs actually warmed up slower, warmed up to a lower maximum temperature after the five minutes of being actuated. They only reached 105 degrees F. Um, and then cooled down to a lower temperature as well after sitting for five minutes. When you look at how the Hyperions and the Aligns did, they were a good seven to ten degrees hotter at the end of the five-minute actuating phase than the MKS. So what that tells me is a couple of things. One is that they are much more efficient as high-voltage servos. And also, uh, part of it is probably due to the nice heat sinking design. So, you know, you can be confident that these things are going to run cooler than some of the other typical servos that you run at high voltages out there, whether it's a true high voltage servo or like the 610s, which everyone and their mother runs at 8.4 volts now anyway, even though it's not necessarily rated at that. Uh, in terms of installation, they come with the standard stuff that all servos do. They come with the little rubber boots uh, for mounting, their own uh, mounting screw hardware, the metal grommets, really nice beefy servo horns as well. And the nice thing about the servo horns were uh, that I did not have to put any sub trim in at all. I was able to nail 90 on all four servos. Uh, just based on rotating the arm around to find the 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 uh, best orientation, so that's always a plus. Um, I I installed these on my uh, Minair Whiplash Gasser. I figured that would be ideal because, as you guys know, I just got through some break in, and I I figured the uh, punishing the servos with the vibrations that you get uh, in a typical fuel. Uh, heli break-in would be a good way to test them out see how they handle against the vibration see if after break-in they still feel as tight and lash free as they did when i first pulled them out of the box so this was with a direct 2s lipo receiver pack 710 blades um, and my whiplash gasser running between 18 and 2100 rpm on the head Most of it was done in cold temperatures, so I didn't bother checking temperatures of the servos after the flight because we're talking, I'd say 90% of the flying was uh, sub-freezing temperatures. There was a little bit where it got up to 40 or 50. Um, So they did really great, for one. Um, I got, in in breaking itself, it was about a gallon and then I since then, I've put another gallon and a half through them. So that's over 20 gasser flights. But each gasser flight is like 10 to 12 minutes long. So we're talking about the equivalent of about 50 five to six minute flights on an electric heli. That's over four hours of total flight time. 
And after all of this, they're they are exactly the same tightness uh, and lash free feeling as they they were when I first pulled them out of the box. They center awesome as well. There's no change in centering performance. Uh, there's no change in noise. They're just as quiet as they were at the beginning. So really impressive there. And I know people are going to say, well, you only put 20 flights or even 50, you know, the equivalent on the electric. Uh, how can you tell? Well, you're right. That's fair. Uh, I will probably continue to to run them into the season. And when I get a couple hundred flights on them, I may pop back in and and provide an update as to how they've turned out. Do I have any more uh, gear lash or, you know, any slop, anything like that? Uh, but so far, so good. I was able to test them in a crash just for you guys. As you know, uh, when I am flying, I'm typically crashing or at least of late. And so these guys saw a pretty decent crash. You'll see the picture of the uh, the carnage in the actual written review. No damage to the servos whatsoever. Not only did I not have any issues with the with the gears, they didn't develop any additional slop due to the loading in the crash, and I didn't strip any of the splines on the servo horns either. So that was that was nice. Yeah. Um they they feel great in flight and unfortunately I can't say a ton about how they're performing in terms of full-on flying, because I'm not quite up to par yet with that in in terms of the break-in. I'm still wrestling with the governor, and so I'm just not at my 100% uh, on the gasser yet. But what I have flown, they feel very good. They feel very responsive. There's no sort of lag or delayed reaction that you might get out of sort of a low-torque servo or something with plastic gears like the Hyperion's. Um, the tail feels great. It's super precise. Uh, it hasn't given me any tuning issues on the Heli Command Flybarless system. So that's really nice as well. And the best part about this, honestly, the efficiency of these servos is absolutely amazing. So what I mean by that is I'm running a receiver pack. How many flights can I got get out of a receiver pack? Well, I'll let you guys do the math for your specific receiver packs, but the stats I'm going to give you here are we're talking about a 13-pound gasser, okay? That's a beefy heli. It's spinning 710 blades and uh, 112s on the tail, okay? So we've got quite a bit of rotor mass going too. And in a 10 to 12-minute gasser flight, I'm seeing an average of about 200 milliamps per flight. Here's the deal. You know, you got to temper that with the fact that I'm no Tarek, okay? I'm sure if someone was beating the crap out of it harder, they could get a little bit more. But still, 200 milliamps out of a 10-minute flight is amazing. I, I've, I've not ever seen servos that, that run that efficient, personally. Nice. So, you know, in conclusion, I think these are absolutely amazing servos. You know, there are pros and cons to everything. The biggest con to me uh, initially was the price, because as you guys know, I really got hooked on those Hyperion servos. I mean, 50 bucks a piece, that's hard to beat, right? Well, yeah, these MKSs are 130 for the cyclic and 134 for the tail. 
So when I first saw that, I was a little nervous. Uh, it, it, it had been a while bef- uh, since I had spent that much on servos. But I'll tell you what, man, between the bench testing and seeing how they do in a crash and after that many punishing vibrations on the break-in without having any slop or, or any other gearing issues, I'm, I'm sold. So the only problem now is I got to find a way to buy <laughs> uh, another two or three sets for my so, other helis. Tell me this. Yeah. Have you had an idea of what it costs to rebuild those servos when the time comes? Are, are they expensive, the gears on those? About 35 to $36 for a full set of, of servo gears. So yeah, it's pricey, but it's, it's really no pricier than some of the other big name brands out there like the JR Metal Servos or Metal Gear Servos, the Futabas. Um, and when you look at the overall cost of the servo, really the only thing that you can find cheaper in terms of true high voltage, I believe, are the Savoxes. All of the Futaba and JR high voltages tend to range between 150 and 200 bucks a servo. So, you know, when Pro-tex. you look at it that way, it's, it's quite a killer deal. So not saying you want to rush out and change all your servos right now, because I know that's a big financial thing, but I'm telling you, I, I'm sold. And I'm yeah, sold they're... enough to put my Hyperion servos to the side uh, and find some old stuff to sell so that I can fund the next two helis worth of MKSs. <laughs> nice. So, uh, like always, big shout out. Thanks to Thomas Cook uh, at MKS USA for giving us the opportunity to do this. If anyone has any questions about the servos, about my experience with them, uh, please feel free to give me an email, shoot me an email, catch me in chat. Uh, post something up on the forums and we'll get you figured out. Awesome, dude. Rob, man, it's been nice having you back for a show. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's nice being back on here too. You, uh, I thought I was going to be a lot more rustier. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you're going to start getting some flying in, right? Yes, sir. Going to get yeah, that. Uh, I am actually. I'm going to, what was today? Uh, Friday? I thought I'm going to, uh, I'm going to see if I can't get that, um, at least the X5 for sure, up in the air by next weekend. I got all kinds of room now. (laughs) I got all kinds of room now. (laughs) 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 Well, and see, the thing is, too, like I I showed some of the guys at work my YouTube channel and stuff, and and they got a kick of me flying in helicopters through the office, like through the cube maze and stuff. I flew the MSR through there and did a little chase camera thing and shit. so they dug that. So they're like, oh, you never bring it around. And so I'm, I got I to bring it. I told them I'll bring it in like next weekend, the weekend after. But I don't want to bring it in if it doesn't fly. So no, that's no fun. Back in the air. Yeah. I'm sure there's there a lot go. of listeners, uh, Rob, that are glad to hear your voice again. And it's sure been a lot of fun catching up with you. And, yeah. and uh, dude, you know, don't be a stranger, man. Absolutely. Don't be a stranger. No doubt, man. For sure. So, yeah, I'm glad to be back on. Oh, dude, it's awesome. So, guys, the uh, Facebook page is growing. Uh, I've noticed, though, that um, HeliPro seems to be picking up, and that doesn't set right. Uh-oh. Really. So we got to pick up our Jeez. game. Is so we got to pick up our game. Yeah, guys, we got to start another Facebook What are we Facebook at now? Page. We're close to 1,700. Yeah, I think we're 16... 1679, it yes, says. I was going to say 1680. So basically, I just nice. got to start doing more crazy stuff so I can post about it. 
There you go. Yeah. There Crash you go. Me. There get we put, go. Get, get put good. in jail and yeah. you know, and get, then we'll get, you know, crazy stuff equals more likes. <laughs> we're still we're still trying to figure out what it is we're going to do uh for the 2000th like when uh, you know, it's to be honest with you, it's kind of been on the back burner where there's a ton of other stuff going on, but we are going to put something together yeah. uh for our 2000th like and that's coming up. So stay tuned for that. And I just want to, another quick mention, I know we've talked about the Warp 360 giveaway, but I think it's worth mentioning again, uh, we need to thank Nankin Hobby, Dave Kettlehut, and Compass for allowing yeah. us to do that giveaway. That's just huge. It's and, awesome. And uh, we encourage you guys to, you know, support those that support the nation. I've said it many times, and, and we we encourage you guys to do that, you know, absolutely. Although it is a Compass, what can I say? Man, nothing's perfect, man. <laughs> exactly, Dan. Everything's a work in progress. Everything's a work in progress. So <laughs> also, too, the forum is just growing like mad. For those of you who haven't checked it out, I invite you to do so. Post a little, hey, I just knew what's going on. My name is so-and-so, and, and um, you know, get in on the conversation and join the community there. It's a lot of fun. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> No. Yeah, and, dude, uh, we've got all sorts of fun conversations going on. Oh yeah, yeah. in every it's topic, great. it's yeah, it's great. It's nice. quite quite fun. And then also to the chat box, what can I say? I mean, uh, Reyes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I think it's because it's like one thirty in the morning, and I have to work at seven. <laughs> that I think the chat box coming out of your mouth is funny after saying that you don't get any tail. And that your scooter's busted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> complaining. Especially when, bar. especially when the first thing I started talking about when I called you guys was Astroglide. <laughs> the hell, you're a sick man, Rob. You called me. No, I called you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blow it, man. Reyes, you can send me a a letter anytime you want, man. Really, you can. He, he knows what I'm talking about. He 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 kind of chimed in on the whole drama filled show last week and i don't even you know we all know what i'm talking about don't need to go into it um of course i kind of poke fun at reyes every now and again i get it's like i feel like i'm being lectured to by by reyes and i told him i'm (laughs) i'm actually just i I encourage him to write those because what i'm doing is i'm collecting them and i'm going to write a memoir of the all those things i'm going to use all of reyes dissertations (laughs) Nice. And now, deep thoughts with Reyes. <laughs> so, yeah, that's cool. Any Anytime you guys want to disagree, agree, indifferent, yeah, it doesn't matter. Just let us know, man. You know, we love to hear it because, I mean, Nick's wrong most of the time and I'm wrong all the time. Justin's mm-hmm. right. Eh, and I just fly helis, so I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And Jesse doesn't even really count. Yeah, oh. I fly compass. <laughs> he flies compass. <laughs> he's learning. See, he's replying it now. <laughs> See, I, this is Falling my plan. In line. If I start making fun of myself, it'll kind of make it. I mean, it won't really be important when you make fun of me. Hey, kinda, you're catching on, my friend. You're catching so, on. It's a, it's a new tactic. We'll see how it works. <laughs> All righty, guys. I think that's about it. Uh, so, Rob, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Rob, I'm not saying, <laughs> dude. You can't let us down, he man. He does not want to be contacted. Well, it's been a long time, so 
I haven't, uh, I haven't checked my, uh, my inbox in a long time and I probably should touch that box <laughs> and look, but if you wanted to get in touch with me, uh, instead of trying to have an out of body experience and come to my location, what you could do instead is at Cub Foods is where our grocery store is at. They got the card section and I, you probably have a card section in your store too. go get one of those and a tube of white out and then paint it all white. Cause I don't want those words on there and then write your own stuff on there and then mail it care of Gollum and send it to middle earth. And then I'll probably get it never. And then, um, I'll just guess what you told me. Or, or if you want, you could email me at, uh, Rob at RC Uh, you can hit up my, uh, my Facebook or check us out uh, at the website. Sounds real good. Nick, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Uh, you could just plain email me. <laughs> <laughs> you do that. I, I got nothing to that. Yeah, d- just shoot me an email, nick at rchellynation.com, or throw a post up in the forum. Sounds real good. Justin, if I want to get in touch with you, how would I do that? You could send me an email at justin at rchellynation.com or catch me in the chat box or on the forums. And Jesse, how would I get in touch with you? Uh, the best way would be to shoot me an email at jesse at rchellynation or catch me in the chat box or at the forums. Sounds real good. And I am Dan. You can reach me at dan at rchellynation.com or you can reach me at Dan K. Reed on the forums. And that does it for episode number 73, guys. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week. We will talk to you next Monday. Later, guys. Later. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation, LLC. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion, send us an email using the Contact Us link on the homepage. If you'd like to make a donation, there's a Donate Now button on our homepage as well.